It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Use the courts, the judges, the medical profession, and even the Constitution to further their end. America now has over one million of its citizens in prison for political crimes. So who are they? And how long have they been at this? Psychopolitical Warfare is a 70-page color cover booklet that describes the strategy and tactics behind psychopolitics. Psychopolitics is only $10 from The American Voice. Go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. Time is money and knowledge is power. That's why you need the Basic Research Library CD from the American Voice Now. This CD contains the Federalist Papers, which are the definitive writings illustrating the intent of the Constitution, and the Anti-Federalist Papers, which read like a crystal ball to everything gone wrong concerning the present-day Constitution. This CD also contains Bovier's Law Dictionary and the Uniform Commercial Code, plus the inaugural speeches of U.S. Presidents, the UN Charter, NAFTA, Hitler's Mein Kampf, the full Communist Manifesto, the Patriot Act 1 and 2, the model anti-bioterrorism law, the Homeland Security Bill, the FBI's Project Medigo, and too much more to mention here. The CD contains over a thousand files. To order your CD, go to www.theamericanvoice.com or call us at 541-826-9050. That's 541-826-9050 for ordering information. I'm going to cut the music a little short. we got a, a long way to go and a short time to get there, as has been said in the past. And uh, let's see here. George Tennant, he's out of the CIA. And you might think it's because of all the uh, accusations and they need a scapegoat, but no, 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 of course not. Uh, George Tennant is reporting as saying, and they, it's funny, they have this in quotes, it was a personal decision and had only one basis, in fact, the well-being of my wonderful family, nothing more, nothing less. Tennant said, according to a CIA official who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, come on now, ABC News. You're going to put that in quotes. Somebody said he said, and you're going to put that in quotes. Tennant said, as reported by the anonymous source. In a quote? I, I'm sorry, but... Uh, I think that's a misuse of a quote. Hearsay can't be quoted, I don't think. Man. But this is the kind of stuff they do. Now, here's what I really want to get to. I'm going to go through this fast. But pay attention. This is America. Those of you out there who think, oh, God bless America. God's going to bless America. God is behind us. Those dirty, rotten Muslims. God is shining on us. Well, you better think again and look around a little bit. 
A federal civil rights lawsuit was filed yesterday on behalf of a Southern California high school student who was punished for wearing a T-shirt expressing his opposition to homosexuality on a day set aside to honor queers. All right? The Alliance Defense Fund, the legal group representing Poway, high school student Chase Harper, said in a statement the young man's free speech and religious rights were violated in April when he was suspended from school for one day for wearing the homemade T-shirt. According to the suit, a school administrator told the student, quote, leave your faith in the car when your beliefs might offend others. Harper, 16, a student in the Poway Unified School District, had a hand-lettered front of his shirt, To read, be ashamed, and our school embraced what God has condemned. The back of the shirt read, homosexuality is shameful, and Romans 1-2, verse 27. According to the complaint, Harper was pulled out of class in the morning and held in a small office for the whole day. His parents were finally called at the end of the school day. Before his release, however, the student was questioned by a deputy sheriff who took pictures of him and the T-shirt. Oh, man. Get your checkbook ready, Nazis. Harper wore his shirt on April 22nd, the Day of Silence, sponsored by the school district's Gay Straight Alliance. What are you, out of your mind? See, the school's promoting the Day of Silence for the Queers. There we go. That was taken care of quickly. See, the school district has no problem supporting a day of homosexuality at their school. And anybody who opposes it gets suspended and interrogated by the sheriff's department. Uh, I would name the Sheriff's Department in that lawsuit, too, if it were me. Hint, hint. But before we go, real quickly, I want to read you Romans 1, chapter 27. Uh, Well, not chapter 27. I'm going to start at verse 21. Romans, first chapter, starting at verse 21. Because that, when they knew God, they glorified God. Him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness through the lusts of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves." who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meet. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind, to do those things which were not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, and whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, 
without understanding, covenant breakers without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Guess what, folks? Remember, the Catholic Church says, if you do not oppose it, you are consorting with evil. That's biblical, turns out to be. Folks, we'll be back again tomorrow with Dean Lauren on Fridays. So you stay tuned for more broadcasting right here on American Voice Radio Network. Thanks for listening.
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. My co-host, Alfred Adisk, will be joining James Corbett of the Corbett Report for the second and third segments of the program today. And we're going to go right into the markets for Thursday, July 23rd, 2015. Good afternoon, everyone. It's great to be here. I'm beginning to enjoy my little 20 minutes of fame here on Thursdays, and uh I'm sure glad that you were able to join us today. Again, we had a little bit of pressure on gold. It actually closed the the, the market. Actually, the the true physical market closes at 1.30. We continue to track it on the New York spot after market closes. And it actually did show gold up today up a couple bucks. Uh, But it continued to get pressure in the aftermarkets. And gold right now is down 640 at 1,088. And the same thing with silver was down 19 at 14.71. Platinum was down 6 at 9.78, and palladium was down 13 at 617. <clears throat> Excuse me, the pressure today on the markets, uh, also the USDX was down 0.32 at 97.13. Crude oil down 52 at 48.67. And the Dow Jones and all of its buddies, yeah, the Dow Jones down 118 points, 17,732. The Nasdaq was down 25 at 51.46, along with the S&P down 11.98 at 21.02. And there was all based pretty much on earnings and outlooks from some of the bigger companies, American Express, Caterpillar, and 3M. Some of the utility stocks uh, were some of the biggest decliners. And, uh, of course, they all released weaker-than-expected results. Uh, 
and uh, they all lost considerably. And of course, since there's only so few in the NASDAQ, I mean in the Dow, and uh, most of these companies were all in the Dow, you're going to have pressure on the markets. But um, let's see, I didn't see anything in particular. You had crude oil. We talked about crude oil going down. And, of course, the uh, precious metals, uh, you know, it's funny. You know, when, when gold is rising, you hear about, oh, gold is going up, gold is going up. Oh, it's just nothing, and you better get rid of it, and blah, blah, blah. But I'll tell you what, uh, it's been down. I think the report was the past 10 days, and uh, big headlines everywhere. And uh, they just love it when gold is down. And the problem is when they talk about gold and all these mainstream financial news programs, they're only talking about gold as a commodity. They're truly not talking about why you own gold and why you need it in your portfolio. And if you pulled any of those guys to the side, they would all recommend that you have some in your portfolio. Of course, they usually, Wall Street usually only recommends about 5%. And, you know, when you're dealing with accounts that are millions of dollars, like what's the point? Why, why bother with 5%? Uh, I certainly I do believe it's not just because I sell it, but when you diversify into something, I mean, if you're going to diversify, make sure you have a balanced and and logical diversification. And uh, you know, just just because you have something doesn't mean you're diversified if it wouldn't do anything for your account. And certainly, the goal portion is the insurance part of your account. And I give this example time and time again. If you have a house, when your home is valued at you know, $200,000, why would you insure it for 5%? Of course not. You're going to insure it for the same amount as your home. So you can get replacement cost on it, replacement value. And I believe this is how you should look to your precious metals. You should have an equal amount because you're buying gold and silver as a insurance policy, as a store of value to diversify your portfolio. And, um, and again, I'm not a financial planner, but it does. Uh, uh, you just have to, when you're putting together your portfolio, have some logic behind it. Even in a world that we live in, these markets, uh, there's nothing logical about them. But gold is, and gold will always be logical. U.S. bonds today: the yield on the 10-year Treasury note fell to 2.28 percent from 2.32 percent uh, uh, from yesterday. Greeks Parliament approved new creditor-demanded reforms despite a revolt among the hardliners in the ruling coalition, paving the way for bailout discussions to officially begin. Reforms uh, to the judiciary and banking systems were the final hurdle the financially battered country was obliged to clear before beginning talks with its creditors on a third bailout worth about 85 billion euros. And without the money, Greece would face financial ruin and force exit from the Euro Currency Club. And I'll tell you what, Greece has already faced financial ruin. And I mean, I even read an article where the banks over there said, hey, you don't have to worry about us. You're not going to lose your money with us. And, you know, trying to get people because there was billions of dollar billion of uh, euros of their currency that was taken out of the banks and they did stick it underneath their mattress and now the banks are crying that they want it back and you can trust us and those poor greeks if they think they can trust these banks because it's part of the bankers 
and, and the, the, the whole elite, the cabal that put them in this condition. And it really is, yes, they followed along. We can blame the Greeks. We can say they get what they deserved. Um, but let's, um, that maybe they brought it on themselves. And, uh, but however, they were led down the path of destruction, like so many people here in this country. And there is a, uh, I think you definitely will see uh, very similar uh, things happen here in this country as we see in Greece. Um, let's talk a little bit about Greece and, and what, you know, we talk about the, oh, they have a debt too big to be paid and, and all the, the bailouts and, and the politicians and the political part of it. But let's take a little more to see what is really happening to Greece. And, um, of course, they have a lot of empty storefronts. Um, the tales of hardship um, on the nearly 11 million people. You have bakeries, grocers, barbers, clothing shops on the main commercial uh, streets that have disappeared behind whitewashed windows. Um, they believe it's all over for Greece. Uh, there are still strict controls on the free flow of money. And that's one thing about uh, these countries, a country like Greece, it was all a cash-based um, commerce. They used cash. They go into the bakers and the barber shops and the clothing stores. They didn't use credit cards. They used cash. And um, so even though they had the banks reopened, there there's strict uh, limits on what they can withdraw on a daily basis. Hardware store owner uh, had said that sales have plummeted uh, since the uh, controls were imposed on June 29th. People come into the shop, they ask about prices, but they don't buy anything. People are scared to spend money because they don't know what's going to happen. And uh, we know that Greece was locked out of the international bond markets way back in 2010, and uh, the country has to rely on their uh, foreign rescue money to pay its debt. And it has the cost has been huge. Millions of jobs, mostly in the private sector, have been lost around a fifth of the country's workforce. Um, last year, the country seemed to stabilize a little bit, uh, but the unemployment still remains high. Uh, it's still over 25%. And when you're looking for those uh, young folk under 25, those that are under 25, you're looking at about a 50% unemployment rate. Um, alongside the capital controls, the government imposed, um, you know, this new round of austerity, raising sales taxes and levies on businesses. And, and while maintaining, while maintaining emergency taxes on households that have eaten up disposable incomes. So these people are broke and desperate, and they're just going to continue to take every little penny that they have, and truly, I believe that's what it is about. A lot of it is what it is about. And um, you had the five years after the first bailout by Greece's partners, uh, of course, the EU. Some 85,000 retailers have gone out of business. The sector has lost 45% of its income. And um, so... Um, that's huge. 85,000 retailers have gone out of business. So, and they're half, and the majority of the Greek companies that are still 
in business, they're a half a step from going out of business. And uh, you'll soon see the wealth come in there and scoop everything up on pennies on the dollar, and you'll begin to see these global companies move in there. And, uh, um, you know, Greeks will be happy to go to work for pennies on their currency uh, to work at the uh, new Greek Walmart anyway. Um, Here's something the Senate panel has voted to make it easier for businesses that legally produce and sell marijuana to do business with banks and other financial service providers. Uh, Remember, the legislation was written and passed that uh, banks uh, uh, didn't have to do business with uh, those that they thought might create a problem, and uh, legal marijuana vendors uh, were one of them. And, of course, gun shops were another. But I don't see any special treatment to all those other businesses that were on the list uh, so that uh, banks, uh, so that they could do business with banks and other financial services. Uh, uh-uh, just the uh, marijuana vendors. Um, so it'll be easier for them. And again, you know, they, they want this, uh, you know, why not? Hey, most of the people out there are dumbed down, so let's give them a little bit of pot. That way they, they won't know that they're dumbed down, <laughs> I guess. Or they'll just feel happier that they're dumbed down. But uh, McDonald's is still having a problem. I got a lot of little stories. You know, we never get into these little stories, and I like these little stories. It means a lot. It tells a lot of what this country, what is happening to this country, because there's been such a great, huge illusion that has been created. And, you know, people scratch their heads, they get puzzled, and they say, well, gee. And, well, these stories kind of connect all the dots. And uh, so, you know, they're short, they're brief, and we'll move on. Uh, for my 20 minutes of fame here. All sales for McDonald's, uh, they're looking to uh, uh, help change their message. All they have to do is change their food, bring <laughs> make their food, you know, instead of their little chicken McNuggets. Did you ever see those pictures of chicken McNuggets that, you know, it's just got this big pink slime that looks like a snake or, you know, I mean, it's horrible. It looks like a big piece of pink plastic. That's what they make. And then they bleach everything to make it white. Uh, hey, let's have some decent food. Cut that menu in half and, you know, it doesn't have to be all salads and, and, and fruit, but, you know, at least have it some decent, healthy food. That's the, the, the secret to uh, the silver bullet that they're looking for. But uh, they've really been having some problems. Uh, 2% drop in sales at established U.S. stores for the three-month period end of June 30, I believe they were reporting today. And uh, they, they've had a bad three years, uh, McDonald's has. More than 400, this is a different topic, uh, malls. We're going to talk malls briefly. More than 400 of the 2,000 largest malls in the United States have closed in the past two years, no new, <coughs> excuse me, enclosed malls have been built since 2006. Ten retailers that left an imprint in the American marketplace have faded. And we had retailers like Hollywood Video, um, Musicland, Linen and Things. Remember Circuit City, KB Toys. Remember Montgomery Wards, Woolworth. A lot of these companies had started way back in the 1800s. And then you have all these other retailers that are downsizing or closing some of their stores. And we know who they are, Blockbuster, JCPenney, Sears, Staples. 
probably won't be too long until local malls will also be closing their doors. The retail sales for these outdated businesses is just not there anymore. Um, Everyone is shopping online, which is increasing every year. You know, the more I shop online, the less I want to shop online. Um, It just becomes, it seems it's going to be easier But then again, I spend more time. I try to compare everything. You do all these comparisons to see. I probably spend more time online trying to do these comparisons. So when you add in the amount of time versus cost, it's probably costing you more to shop online than it is offline or going to the the, the corner store, to the mall, and so forth. Uh, most Most things don't fit right in a world where things are or are made in China and Thailand and Vietnam and seems like sizes. I mean, truly, you, you can't buy clothes anymore without truly trying them on unless you're buying something that's, you know, unless you're a size zero. And, um, <laughs> you know, anything will fit if you're a size zero. But uh, uh, so it's, uh, like I said, the more I buy online, the less I want to. Moving on, this I don't think was talked about this week. We had the Senate Finance Committee has passed a bill to renew dozens of temporary tax breaks that expired at the start of the year. The bill would extend more than 50 tax breaks through 2016 beyond the upcoming presidential election. The bill would add $95 billion to the budget deficit over the next decade. These tax breaks benefit big corporations, of course, and small businesses as well as struggling homeowners and people who live in states without a state income tax. Um, Some of these provisions, let's see if you fit into these uh, categories, and then I'll tell you why I thought this was interesting. Some of these uh, provisions include tax breaks for filmmakers, theatrical productions, racehorse owners, and rum producers in Puerto Rico and the Virgin Islands. Do you fall into any of those categories? Um, the article continues and says, Congress routinely lets, routinely lets these tax breaks expire, only to retroactively renew them. Business groups complain that the patchwork of temporary tax breaks makes it difficult for them to plan. You know, this was probably one of the deals that if these Republicans, if Congress went ahead and gave uh, President Obama the tax authority, um, uh, the trade agreement, uh, not tax authority, but the, the trade authority, uh, will let you reinstate those those taxes. Uh, they probably hold out. Uh, uh, they probably wouldn't get through until something goes along and someone goes along with the deal, and uh, we'll say. And then the the Senate committee says, "Hey, you know, let's get these passed, and you can renew your tax breaks that expired at the end of the year." And we all heard the the problems in Puerto Rico, uh, I guess there's a, a, a huge hedge fund uh, that has several properties in Puerto Rico, just purchased another one where he is building a luxury resort. So again, you know, everybody has something to gain by all these little laws that are passed. And uh, with the announcement of Puerto Rico having all these problems, uh, their budget and so forth. So, you know, they all they all scratch each other's back and wash each other's hands. It is really disgusting, but um, 
Earlier this week, I talked about the 60 national security leaders, the ambassadors, and we're out of time. But I just wanted to say this real quick. Last night in Times Square, about 10,000 people showed up to show their disapproval of the Iran agreement. Maybe they didn't have anything else to do. It didn't get a lot of press. And, of course, 10,000 in a city of millions is not a lot of people. However, it is just another sign that there are some people who who do understand that uh, perhaps this agreement with Iran is not the best thing for this country. 1-800-375-4188. We got a lot of product here for all of you listeners. You must give us a call at 1-800-375-4188. Stay tuned after the break. Alfred and James Corbett will be joining you for the balance of the hour. obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out when life is too much to handle use apothecary herbs emotional stress formula feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee you've waited long enough call apothecary herbs now toll free 866-229-3663 That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3Ws.thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
I'm Alfred Adisk, and this is Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188. Our guest tonight is James Corbett from the Corbett Report, C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. He, he's, he, uh, he talks to us from Japan. He's been a regular guest for a year or thereabouts. I'm not sure how long you've been coming here, James, but uh, we always enjoy having you here. You've been missing in action for the last three weeks while you were visiting Canada, your home country of Canada, took your wife and child there. And uh, how was your trip? It was great. It was exhausting. I am completely exhausted now, but uh, ready to go, <laughs> raring to go. Come home to rest up. Come home from the yeah, vacation. Yeah, that's to rest pretty up much it. Um, did you did you really take a vacation and forget about international politics and economics for a few weeks, or, uh, you know, or was it on your mind part, the whole time? I really, you were up there I really did actually. So uh, so <laughs> you, you might throw a few curveballs at me, and I might not be able to answer them. But I, I was keeping an eye on Greece, obviously, and China, and what's going on there. But uh, but I'm not I'm not 100% up on everything yet. So uh, so let's dig in and see what we can get uh, get our teeth into. Let's start with Greece. Were you surprised by the Greek Prime Minister Zipper's capitulation to the creditors' extremely harsh demands? You know, a lot of people looked at the proposals and they said, Greece will never go along with this. They made this this harsh because they didn't want Greece to go along. Somebody wanted this negotiation to fail. And yet Zipper's came along and said, okay, we'll go along with that. <laughs> Yes, I, I suppose I'd say on the bigger scale of things, I'm not surprised. In fact, I, this is pretty much what I was expecting when Syriza first came into power, that they're just another hope and change that are promising the moon and will deliver nothing. And that's ultimately what's resulted. In fact, they've not only delivered nothing, they've actually put Greece in a worse position than they were when they first came into office. So from that perspective, I'm not surprised. Although the, the circuitous route we took to get here is a bit surprising and a bit puzzling in some respects. What was the point of the referendum, uh, which was then immediately not only backtracked on, but completely disregarded and gone completely the other way. Of course, the referendum on whether or not Greece should uh, accept or reject the uh, the European bailout proposal. And of course, the Greek people voted quite substantially. I believe it was 61 or 62 uh, percent to know they should not go along with the European bailout proposal. And then and then immediately, almost, it seems, Cyprus went and uh, and concluded pretty much everything that the, the bailout proposal had originally uh, was asking for. So that was a pretty strange way to do that. And I guess there is a lot of speculation about what was really going on there. One of the most interesting pieces of speculation I've seen is that apparently Cyprus had asked Putin in his uh, uh, visit uh, with Putin that he took just as this was coming to a head, he had asked for $10 billion uh, loan or, or some sort of aid in order to start printing drachmas and to basically remove Greece from the Eurozone, and Putin didn't go along with it. So he was left with no, no choice but to basically uh, to, 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 to backtrack on everything he had said. That's one of the theories going around, and uh, that's not a confirmed report, but it's at least one p potential explanation for why why that particular uh, I mean, it's just it, it's it doesn't make sense from any perspective. Of course, it's also political suicide, because, of course, everyone who did ultimately support Syriza and what they were saying are now obviously left in the ditch and even worse in a worse position than they were before, which one can only imagine will only be felt uh, by Syriza at the next election. 
Are we going to see a third bailout or a Grexit? This isn't yet a done deal, or at least not obviously, not not officially. Will it's not all dusted. Bailout? Yeah, it's not all dusted and, and tied in a bow yet, but it's it's certainly moving along towards that point. We've already seen the extension of uh, the the emergency liquidity for the banks, and we've seen the promise of uh, a, a payment to tide over the IMF uh, payments that are due and and things of that nature. And we've just seen the Greek Parliament vote on the second round. Of, uh, of pledges to, to basically go along with this austerity program. So it seems that everything is on track for just a kicking of the can and a further bailout program. And uh, there are some notable voices out there that are against the idea of this going forward. Of course, perhaps most notably the German finance minister Schäuble. But other than that, I, I, I think it does seem like it is going to go ahead at this point. So I, 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 imagine at this point we are looking at Greece basically just being continued along the path that it's been for the last several years. And I have no doubt that it will come to the head once again. I mean, I think everyone, even the IMF at this point, admits that there will need to be a debt haircut, that they yeah. they literally can't pay the, the, the debt levels that are being, that, that they are supposedly obligated to pay at this point. It's just a question of how that ultimately, that haircut takes place and in what fashion. Well, they've already reduced the debt by half, 53%, if I recall correctly, back, I don't know, two years ago. They reduced the debt by the existing debt then was reduced by half, and now they're going to have to reduce it again, and I don't think half is going to be enough. Christine Lagarde at the IMF, she said, in order for this to work, we're going to have to give the Greeks a 30-year grace period before they start paying on the debt. <laughs> You give me a 30-year grace period on before I have to start paying out a debt, and you're never going to see any of them. That's an admission. I'm never going to pay. I'm, I'm buying a mansion tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Very, very... No, I hear what you're saying. I mean, it is ridiculous. And, of course, this is always and in every context it's trying. It's put into the, the context of, oh, those Greeks, those lazy, good-for-nothing Greeks yeah. took on more debt than they can bear. When, of course, A, it was, of course, the political class, not the, the Greek people themselves that were – behind the scenes, putting these kind of machinations in place, aided, of course, by Goldman Sachs, who enabled Greece to cook its books. I mean, this is now admitted and, and on the record official history. Greece helped, I'm sorry, Goldman Sachs helped Greece cook its books in order to even gain admittance to the Eurozone. And uh, I think that what this really speaks to is the utter absurdity of the Eurozone itself and its oversight and regulatory processes for for allowing members into the eurozone organization and then even just the idea of this this regional currency that has a a, a regional central bank but is a, a bunch of different economies with in many cases very little whatsoever in common that are going to use a common currency i mean it's by its very nature it's designed to fail there's no way that this can actually work unless of course, the European Central Bank starts to act more and more as the central bank for each of these individual countries. And I still think that this is ultimately where this crisis is heading, if not necessarily right now and not in the Greek case, then maybe in the Spanish case or the the, uh, the Portuguese case or, or one of these other peripheral countries that are going to crash and burn. I think ultimately the idea is going to be, well, the ECB needs more and more power to act in individual countries. And it's actually in a strange way, although it should be the end of the Eurozone, I think in, in many ways it's actually going to seek to actually consolidate the power of the, the people who created this problem. 
that may be. Back in the 1990s, South Korea had a financial problem, and I don't remember exactly when, but at 97, thereabouts, I can't recall clearly. And they entered into an agreement with the International Monetary Fund. The agreement was about 40 pages long, as I recall, and it wasn't supposed to be released to the public, but someone got a copy and posted it on the Internet. And I read that agreement, and I can remember it was like trying to chew through a bale of hay. It was hard to read. And I nevertheless chewed through the whole 30, 40 pages, whatever it was, and what became apparent to me, this isn't just suspicion or misunderstanding. The IMF essentially said, we will bail you out of your bankruptcy, provided that you surrender the primary levels of economic power in your country to the IMF and or representatives of the IMF. It was a takeover of South Korea by the IMF. And I have no doubt that what we're seeing with the current agreement with Greece is much the same. This isn't just, gee, we're going to, we're just, you owe us some money, we're going to have to make an agreement here in order. No, this is a takeover. Greece has become a colony. And uh, in South Korea, in my opinion, became a colony back in the late 1990s. And here, uh, here Greece is doing the same thing. And for me, this is evidence what the IMF does. Um, gets you into debt and then makes you an offer you can't refuse. It's like dealing with uh, uh, Don Corleone. Instead of Christine Lagarde, she, have, she learned everything she knows from Don Corleone. Hmm. Uh, well, uh, may I just add that you're, I think you're exactly right about what happened in Korea. And for people who don't know that history, uh, Professor Michelle Chosodovsky of the Center for Research on Globalization at globalresearch.ca has done some extensive work on that in the past. And he had this article called The, Recoloniza uh, the Recolonization of Korea, Seoul Black Monday IMF Intervention in Korea that talks in specific detail about this and has a, a pretty interesting um, uh, quotation in here about the deal that was ultimately reached, which is that uh, foreign investors can freely buy our entire financial sector, including 26 banks, 27 security firms, 12 insurance companies, and 21 merchant banks, all of which are listed on the Korean Stock Exchange for just 5.5 trillion won, that is $3.7 billion. So basically, it was a fire sale of much of the Korean financial sector that took place yep. as a re result specifically of that IMF agreement. And it really, it really was a, a turning point, I think, for, for Korea financially. I can tell you another story. A man knew a man named Terry Lofton. He passed away a couple of years ago now. And 20 years ago, we had meetings called Citizens for Legal Reform here in Dallas. And I knew, came to know Terry while he attended the meetings. And he would go to libraries when they were throwing out all old law books. And he'd, tell you, he'd buy them by a pickup truck at a time. He'd buy all those books. He was, he'd collect the stuff. He was, he was serious about accumulating this knowledge. He wound up acquiring three three-ring binders that were the operations manual for the Federal Reserve. He bought them at an estate sale, and someone had them uh, who must have been connected at one point. He died, and they were there, and the, the, the heirs didn't care. They sold these three three-wearing binders. If you wanted to see them today, you can go to the Federal Reserve. They're undoubtedly updated and whatever, but you make an appointment. They'll schedule you for, who knows, three, six months from now. You can spend 30 minutes observing these books. You can't take any notes, recording devices, pencils, pens, paper, any of the rest of them. You've got 30 minutes. You can look at it. 
And after the 30 minutes you leave, and if you'd like to schedule again, they might be able to get you in within, uh, you know, another six months. Now, this was valuable documents. Terry wound up selling them to an airline pilot who told me later on that he just threw them out, threw them in the trash because they weren't doing him any good. To me, this was like throwing out a copy of the Gutenberg Bible. But here's the point. We'll often read that operation, those, those three volumes of the operations manuals. And they specifically said that the Federal Reserve would not loan, the Federal Reserve banks would not loan money to alternative energy entities. And this was back in the 90s. If you had solar energy project, you weren't going to get any money that was if the Federal Reserve had anything to say about it. If you wanted to wind power or any of the rest, you weren't going to get any money insofar as the Federal Reserve could stop it from happening. The only thing they'd lend money on was traditional energy, coal, uh, petroleum, and nuclear. Now, the point to all of this is that the Federal Reserve was controlling energy policy in this country, or at least influencing energy policy, by simply saying, these investors over, or these inventors over here, this technology, it won't get any funding to mention. They'll get some but not what they might otherwise have expected. This is more evidence that the banks are controlling this country and South Korea and now Greece, and I don't know where else, but they're exerting a level of control that goes deep into the economic system, deep into the political system. And uh, I'm going to guess that's not contrary to your experience, but I'm going to guess you perhaps haven't heard that story before about the the Federal Reserve's operation manual. I believe we've discussed it on this program Have before, we? but uh, only only through that, yes. No, but no, but I – the point is well taken because really and truly the, the power over credit is – the power to, if not directly control, at least greatly influence the direction that a society will take. And just as easily as they can direct uh, money away from alternative energy and towards the uh, the coal or uh, oil or nuclear uh, uh, form of power, uh, so too could they flip on a dime and do the opposite next week or whatever else in whatever other sectors of society they want. And that really is I mean, the fundamental basis by which banksters can really direct us, uh, uh, the course of a country and, and ultimately of a civilization. Because let's keep in mind, I mean, the Federal Reserve is itself really just a cartelization of the, the private corporations of the, the banks that, that make up the Federal Reserve. And uh, ultimately, they all start to, to merge together in terms of the Bank for International Settlements, uh, which is the central bank of central banks, so that ultimately there really is a global network of bankers who have the authority and the, the, uh, the ability to do exactly what you're discussing there, not just on a national level, but on an international level. And we see the fruits of this from time to time when a shearing of the sheep comes necessary and they start putting their hands in, uh, out for the, uh, the, the payback that, uh, to all of the, the golden loans from heaven that they've, they've put out in, mm-hmm. in the past. And again, it's really and truly the power of, uh, of life and death over, over countries, if not individual people, and sometimes over individual people. It's consistent with Baron Rothschild's remark that he had words to this effect. He said, I don't care who makes the laws so long as I can control the issuance of money in the country. And you make all laws you want. Doesn't matter to me as long as I can control the money. He didn't. That wasn't precisely what he said, but uh, words to that effect. Uh, it is astonishing. You know, most people don't understand much about money 
other than how to count it. You know, we know we know that the five is better than the one and the ten is better yet. But other than that, people don't realize how much power there is in being able to issue money, control money, and so on. We're going to talk about liquidity when we come back. We're going to take a break right now for a couple of commercial announcements, and I'll be back with James Corbett from the CorbettReport.com. Please stay tuned. condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Our guest is James Corbett from the Corbett Report. We're going to talk a little about liquidity, which is a relatively new concept, at least to me. I only began to see it maybe a month ago, six weeks at the most. I began to see articles. People are warning, uh-oh, there's a liquidity. There's a, there, we have low liquidity. And what did that mean? I, I didn't know exactly. I've been looking since then. Here's an article from Business Insider. deals with the topic. It says, this week's gold crash reminds us of a much scarier risk in the markets. And they attributed the gold crash, where gold got knocked down this last week, to low liquidity. And the article continues, it says, what is liquidity? 
Broadly speaking, liquidity measures how easily traders and investors can buy and sell an asset in the market without seeing big price dislocations. When liquidity is low, selling can cause prices to plummet. Okay, that's one definition. They go on, they've got another one down below. Uh, here's Deutsche Bank, and they're saying uh, there is no single best metric for the level of liquidity in the market, which to me means it's like obscenity. I can't define it, but I know it when I see it. They can't, they're saying we can't quite get a definition on liquidity. Oak Tree Capital's Howard Merck's offered a slightly less technical and more philosophical definition. The key criteria isn't can you sell it. It's can you sell it at a price equal or close to the last price. For them to be truly liquid, uh, these investments to be truly liquid, uh, one has to be able to move them promptly and without the imposition of a material discount. Now, the problem with how can we talk about liquidity if we don't have a solid definition that we can all sort of agree to and understand? And do you have a single reliable definition for liquidity and the threat it poses right now. I don't think that I could define it any better than any of those previous definitions. And the concept, I think, might be difficult to wrap your head around because most people are not used to buying or selling in uh, conditions or with volumes that would actually affect the price of the thing that they are buying or selling. If we go to buy a pack of gum at a store, it's not going to affect the price of packs of gum everywhere. But when we're talking about large trades and large deals and, and a, a very fast pace of selling on large markets, we can actually see that if you try to dump uh, a, a large amount of stock all at once, of course, you're not going to get the same price as if you were selling that stock slowly into the market. I mean, there's just a certain um, way in which that, that those types of large transactions function. And again, that can be difficult to see how that actually means anything. But interestingly, um, people point, for example, to last October, specifically October 15th, when there was a treasury flash crash that many people may not have heard of, but um, there was a shortage of liquidity in the treasury, the U.S. treasury markets, that, uh, that launched a 37 basis point slide in yields in two hours. And to put that into perspective, uh, statistically, when they, they try to make a, a calculation of how likely that is to occur, that's something that could, should happen once in over 500 million days, <laughs> i.e. that is not something that should be occurring unless something is very, very, very wrong with the markets. So the question is, what is wrong with the markets? And the whole liquidity mess, as it's being termed these days, is really centering on the U.S. bond market, the treasuries, and specifically because of the QE program and the um, and the, the zero interest rate ZERP policy that's that's been in place uh, for years now has really, really skewed the market. And to put that into perspective, um, at the height of the Fed's purchasing of treasuries, uh, the Fed itself was responsible for 80% of U.S. Treasury purchases. So this is a market that is really, I mean, it, it does, there isn't much room for, uh, for large amounts of selling to take place because there is really only has been for many years now only one principal buyer, the, the, the Fed itself. And uh, the, if people start dumping bonds in large quantities, there's probably not going to be a buyer for them, which means they're not going to get the price that they 
theoretically should get for that. That's the problem of this liquidity mess, this liquidity trap. And it's only being exacerbated by the fact that the Fed seems absolutely hell-bent on uh, raising hiking rates that this year, perhaps as early as September, as some people are saying. So uh, what we're seeing is a turnaround in a 30-year trend of falling treasury uh, rates. And we're about to start seeing some some hikes. And who knows what how this is going to unfold, but it, it I, I, it's hard to wrap your mind around a way in which this will unfold nicely for anyone. Uh, it really is a bubble. I mean, that's that's essentially what it is. And the question is, can you put the needle in the bubble in such a way that the air slowly escapes in a way that won't hurt too many people? Uh, I've never seen a bubble act that way, but maybe the the wizards at the Fed think that they can do this. I, I don't think so. I think that the only way down from here is a sharp uh, a, a sharp crash in not only the treasuries, but of course, everything that's that's uh, affected by them. One of the effects of the fact that the Fed has been pumping money into treasuries and lowering the rates artificially is that uh, investors have been looking for high returns elsewhere, which means that they have gone into much more risky corporate bonds and into the stock market generally, which has created the stock market bubble. And of course, if the the, uh, treasuries start to unwind, that will unwind that further bubble that's been created from all of this. So there are a series of headaches that are created by the fact that we're at this very illiquid position in the U.S. Treasury markets, and we're, we are going to start seeing the effects of this when and if the, the Fed starts its uh, rate hikes. Let me run this by you. I've been thinking about the liquidity and low liquidity problem, and the way it's described and the way it's defined, the definitions seem a little confusing and hard to me, hard to follow and hard to wrap your mind around. But what it amounts to is opposing... I have a property that is that I assume is worth $100,000. It could be a $100,000 bond. It could be a $100,000 piece of $100,000 piece of land. And you have $100,000, and you might be interested in buying that property. Now, are you going to snap that property up right now? It depends. If we were to define liquidity as inflation a condition of inflation, and you sat back and said, wait, I'll sell on that property for hundred grand, and I know that thing's going to go to 150000 by the end of the year. I can grab that right now and make a fast fifty grand. In the context of inflation, the prices will go up. But in the context of deflation, if I've got that same property, I'm selling it for $100,000, you've got $100,000, you're going to sit back there and say, I don't want to buy that property. I'm not paying $100,000 for that property. I know the price is going down, and I know the purchasing power of my dollar is going up. I can get that property at a better deal six months from now, a year from now. So I'm not going to buy right now. What I'm suggesting is that low liquidity is simply a euphemism for deflation. And liquidity in general, when there's adequate liquidity, it's just another word for saying we're in an inflationary period. Price is going up. Value of the dollar is going down. I don't mind parting, or you wouldn't mind parting with $100,000 to buy the property because you think the price is going to go up. And you know the purchasing power of your dollar is going down because we're in a period of inflation. Does that make any sense to you? It does. I would just qualify that by saying that I think inflation or deflation, that w- what environment you're in, certainly does have an effect on the liquidity of a market. But that's only one of the factors, I think. Um, 
so uh, uh, we I agree can look that it's one of the factors, but I'm just saying primary environment. And if it were true, if that if that hypothesis were true, then when the federal government can't sell its bonds to anybody but the Federal Reserve, and they have low liquidity, is that evidence that we are in a period of deflation? Not, it's consistent not necessarily. With that not necessarily. I get that, but but it's consistent I think I, with that idea. To my I, mind, I, I certainly see what you're saying, and and uh, I would I would say that the the simplest way to think about liquidity would say that uh, that there's an if not exact harmony, but a, a nice balance between motivated buyers and motivated sellers. Mm-hmm. That there's there's some sort of relation there, and yes, you're, one of the things that would demotivate someone from from buying would be a deflationary environment. Mm-hmm. One thing that would demotivate people from selling would be an inflationary environment. So that's one of the factors that that uh, that throws that balance off. So it's not necessarily a, a sign that you're in a deflationary environment, but it could be one of the factors that, yeah. that goes into that. And I think in this case, it probably is. I mean, I think clearly in the commodities, uh, we are seeing a deflationary environment that has been yeah. caused by this uh, this blowing up of the, the bond bubble and then the secondary bubble in the, the equities markets that uh, that is now translating into this plunge in well, I mean, oil, although there are a lot of factors in that, and gold and a lot of other commodities mm-hmm. are, of course, plunging the at this time. on the other hand, has been growing in purchasing power over the last 15, 16 months. It's up 20%. It was up 25% for a while. It's still up 20% in the last 15, 16 months, if I understand correctly. That is deflation, and at least on the international level, as measured by U.S. dollar index. Um, you know, it's one of those things to look at it, hmm. You know, uh, kind of like Arsenio Hall. Uh, people are going to, hmm, well, uh, maybe, maybe there's some point to it. Right. Uh, you've watched the Iranian deal. Uh, yeah. And the reason I call it deal is because I had an article, I have an article from the Washington Examiner. And they talk about the agreement that was reached, the preliminary agreement between the Obama administration and Iran. And they refer to it five times in a 250-word article as a deal. And not once did they refer to it as a treaty. Now, the report in the Washington Examiner, it's not, a, it's not legal, you know, it's not a legal document, but still it's odd to me that this agreement is called a deal but not a treaty, seemingly between two or more countries. It sounds like a treaty to me, but... Article 2, Section 2, Clause 2, the Constitution of the United States says the Senate shall provide advice and consent on treaties. Two-thirds of the Senate has to agree to ratify a treaty after it's been negotiated with the, well, the pres- by the president. And yet in the Iranian deal, we have the House of Representatives is called on to approve this agreement. The problem I have is there's no proviso in the Constitution for the House of Representatives to ratify any treaties. And why aren't we simply leaving this exclusively to the Senate to ratify or not ratify the the Iranian deal? And I'm wondering if the use of the word deal signals that they know they're not drafting a treaty. It's not ratified by the Senate. The House is in this, and there's no constitutional foundation for it. Do you have an explanation? Well, I 
think I might. Um, I don't believe this is technically a treaty and is not being treated as such. It is technically uh, referred to as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, JCPOA, Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is a framework, which is an agreement. And I, <laughs> I don't want to start parsing the, uh, the legality of these different terms, but I have never seen the word treaty used in, this, in, this, uh, in the context of this uh, negotiation. So I, I believe this is a different legal entity altogether and one that obviously does not require, uh, according to the, the, uh, the laws of the land, the, uh, the participation of the Senate or the, the, the ratification of the House. So, um, so it is a, a, a comprehensive plan of action, which I assume means that there are certain obligations uh, for the Iranians under this plan and certain obligations then uh, in response from the P5 plus one, basically America and Europe to, uh, to ease sanctions. But I think it's more in the, in, the, in the framework of an agreement rather than a treaty that is being legalized in that, in that sense. So I, I don't know what a joint comprehensive plan of action legally is or what, what purview it comes under, but my understanding is that it is not a treaty. Well, I, I would agree with you. Since the Senate is not the ratifying agency, uh, it can't be a treaty under the Constitution. But again, it raises a very interesting question. If it's not a treaty and it involves foreign countries, some sort of an agreement between foreign countries, but it's not a treaty, what is it? And are we bound by it? Who is bound by an agreement that is not a treaty? Does this extend down to the people of the United, you know, the people in Texas? Are we bound by this agreement? And I'll make you a bet that the fast track, uh, legal process that they've authorized for the use of the Trans-Pacific Partnership. I'll make you bet it's the same thing. The fast-track legislation is authorized by the House of Representatives. That's not a treaty. I looked it up a little bit. NAFTA was done under fast-track. It indicates there wasn't really a treaty. There were a number of different uh, agreements that the House ratified, and the Senate was not involved so far as I know. But the House can't be treaty. What are they and what are the legal effects and who's bound by them? Inquiring minds. Yes, uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and and it the... is an important thing. And there's a, there's a long legislative history and, and judicial history behind this. And I've, uh, I've written about it in the forecaster before talking about treaties and uh, the fact that they can actually undermine constitutional uh, that's, uh, that's why this law. is so important, because yes. many of the treaties that people are concerned about, they say, oh, this treaty is undermining. Well, is it a treaty? <laughs> was it ratified by the Senate or was it approved by the House? If it was approved yes. by the House, it's not a treaty under the Constitution. Right. What is the well? I, I see that I see that CNN has a post uh, on precisely this from March of this year, talking about the Iranian neg- negotiations. Uh, Iran deal a treaty or not a treaty? That is the question. And it says it opens by saying, if it looks like a treaty, walks like a treaty, and talks like a treaty, is it a treaty? According to the White House, only if the President of the United States says it is. And uh, so, of course, this infuriated uh, John McCain, who said, this is clearly a treaty. They can call it a banana, but it's a treaty. So it sounds like legal, legalized wrangling to yeah, basically agree, make this Again, different. these are strange times and strange questions, and we're going to have to leave answers to this one for another time. James, I'm glad to hear you back on the program. It's always a pleasure talking to you. James Corbett from the CorbettReport.com. 
C-O-R-B-E-T-T, report.com. I'm Alfred Addis. I want to thank all of you for listening. Hope you'll tune in again tomorrow. In the meantime, with good Lord bless you, me, James, and Frank, the producer. Good night. All day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still, there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dreams, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Landset.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one four. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $139.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. 
What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. Fighting soldiers from the sky. Fearless men who jump and die. Men who mean just what they say. The brave men of the Green Beret. Well, welcome to Friday on American Voice Radio. This is Freedom Call. I'm forever your brother, whether you want me or not. My name is Bo Greitz, and it's my purpose to give you information that you can use to spread the truth. Your children, your workmates, family, neighbors, America's crying for the truth. Uh, We are being inundated. It's a tsunami of propaganda that is coming out of Washington, D.C. and liberal media. And so if you will listen to Freedom Call just this hour, and it's on Monday through Friday at this very same spot. And uh, oftentimes uh, there are replays. Uh, You, I want to remind you, can actually uh, watch this weekend a phase of spike training. It's all for free. And uh, it, each phase of our training was eight hours long. So uh, what happens is Frank Steffen, owner-operator of American Voice Radio, uh, he will uh, actually run the spike training, and this should be phase two And uh, each phase has emergency uh, combat medicine. Each phase has uh, self-defense. And then there are special uh, subject matters. And in phase two, we're looking at uh, locks and security and very simple ways Uh, When I've been a speaker at gun shows, which I enjoy doing in Oklahoma, I would uh, set locks uh, out. Kids would come by. They especially enjoy uh, learning how to pick locks. You'd be surprised how adept uh, these little guys, I'm talking about uh, just people in elementary school and all the way through high school. And if 
if you see they can become so intensely interested and learn a skill just at my table uh, at a gun show, what in the world could we actually do if we used creative teaching uh, for 12 years of uh, well-taught schooling? And so I uh, used to have a standard bet that I could open 12 of the uh, combination padlocks uh, using just a simple special forces tool that we call a shim. Before, and I had, these are all new locks. I just buy them uh, at hardware store before I went to the gun show. So all of them had a nice fresh combination uh, glued to the back of them. And I said, before you can open one of these locks with the combination, I can open all ten of them. And so uh, sometimes uh, I never took anybody's money, but uh, I won a lot of bets. And so uh, if I can do that, it's by you knowing how locks work, you can pick up uh, any lock that uh, I don't care what the price is uh, in the at Walmart, Kmart, Target, this kind of thing, at Lowe's or the hardware stores. It makes no difference uh, what the price is. I mean, some of them show the lock being shot with a thirty out six caliber rifle bullet, and still the lock holds. You can turn the lock uh, to where you insert the key, and uh, after watching this phase two, for example, you'll be able to immediately identify exactly what kind of workings that lock has and uh, whether or not it would uh, take you one second, uh, two seconds, three seconds, uh, because if it is a warded lock, as we say, then uh, in Special Forces, we have a little uh, kit that includes four spring steel warded uh, lock keys, and it'll open any of the warded locks. So all you do is just insert that key all the way, push as you're turning, snap, she's open in a, in a second. Now, if uh, you look in there and you see flat tumblers, then you'll know that's a wafer tumbler lock, and that's probably a three-second job. What that requires is a tension tool and a simple pick. And we have a thing called a PXP-15 that uh, includes everything from a, a little pick that you... Uh, simply use on warded locks that are diaries. You know, if a dad is getting worried about a daughter, a teenager, and uh, the daughter keeps a diary, it's not, uh, I think, a sin. I don't think it is illegal for a dad who is uh, this young person's headship to just simply and unobtrusively, then leave any mark behind, snap that lock open, take a look and see how the child is doing. 
and then lock it back up. But at least you know if there are problems. Uh, that be, I mean, you don't want uh, your daughter or son ending up in a dilemma uh, where it's a, a no-no resolution and something happens awful. So uh, I think you're going to enjoy uh, phase two. Now, you can tell if it's a pen tumbler lock, and pen tumbler locks, uh, I, and I'm not meaning to be uh, mean or ugly or nasty, but pen tumbler locks uh, can be a lot uh, like uh, women. Uh, if sometimes uh, it just won't open, and uh, you just have to start all over. You push one of those pins above the shear line, I don't care. You can pour magic juice. You can have juju uh, doctors. You can do anything you want to. That lock is not going to open. And so sometimes, uh, like a woman, you've got to make a different approach. And you've got to be gentle. And you have to be careful pushing these uh, pins to make sure you get them to the shear line. Uh, spike training includes everything from safe cracking to counter-terrorist driving. Phase three is really an interesting phase because it's called gun control. And what I have available that you don't have is I have a plethora of extremely interesting friends. Charlie McCowan, for example, uh, taught uh, uh, us bone doctoring, combat surgery of uh, orthopedic type. Uh, Charlie also, he's a special forces medic. He also uh, taught burns. Charlie also taught gun control because he is a world champion pistol shot. So you learn from a guy who, besides being good-looking as a Special Forces Master Sergeant, uh, but Charlie McCowan uh, is a master pistol shooter, and he's been through the Delta Force uh, training, so he also teaches target identification. You don't ever want to shoot anybody that doesn't need shooting. So phase three is just awesome. Phase four has emergency birthing. Still, do you know that we finished this training in 1996? The spike training, these uh, 12 phases, was over in June. The last one was conducted uh, up in, like, uh, oh, uh, uh, Northern California, it's where all those Okies are. I'll think of the place, uh, Porterville, I think it was, or Oroville. And uh, that was it. I had completed the training except for a couple of very sensitive subjects, which we did out in the desert, uh, not far from where I live. But uh, I still get from that uh, training letters from parents thanking me for phase four where it covered emergency birthing because they have a beautiful child that uh, was born under uh, very 
is circumstances where they didn't have 911 wasn't answering or there was no medical uh, people around. So I really appreciate uh, what Frank Stephan does. He has uh, all of the phases. Now, it's not uh, a 40-minute class. (laughs) This is an eight-hour class. But you will love things like counter-terrorist driving. Then don't use your car. Go out like I did. And uh, at that time, Taurus was the most uh, popular car in America, the Ford Taurus. And so I went out and I rented uh, Taurus, and we used them to train uh, about 3,000 people across the United States in how Delta Force is trained to protect VIPs. And it in now we all had uh, rammers, and we had uh, crash vehicles that uh, weren't the rentals. Uh, I did have to put new sets of tires on the rentals uh, when we were working on rough surfaces. But uh, the fact is, is that uh, there was no age limit, so we had uh, two nine-year-old girls that went through counter-terrorist driving. You talk about having fun. <laughs> we had to get pillows and everything so they could see through the uh, steering wheel. But those girls actually went through that training, and you, I often wonder, because, see, it's been more than, it's been seven years. So now they're just taking driving, driver safety in high school. My heavens, after being through... Uh, counter-terrorist driving, what could driving safety? And in one case, uh, we got a chance to see the reaction. We were giving uh, counter-terrorist driving in Denver, Colorado, and we had uh, rented a high school parking lot. Now, in the parking lot, to separate the faculty and visitors, they had a little... uh, a retaining wall that was about two foot tall that ran the entire length. So students uh, could park on their side and then everybody else could park on the other. Well, we were using the everybody else uh, parking area uh, to conduct our uh, crashing and uh, our uh, J turns and bootlegger turns and tap offs and all these things. And uh, the kids were coincidentally, having driver training where they were driving very slowly through these cones that were set up by the uh, driving training class. And I don't think there was a kid that didn't run over every one of those cones because you'd hear this tremendous crunch as uh, one of our crash cars would be ramming uh, two blocking vehicles and uh, just... uh, uh, throwing metal everywhere, only you don't hurt your own car. It's the way if you're going down to old Mexico or anymore in the United States, somebody blocks the road on you, look out. You follow my formula. There is an exact surgical formula. You do it. You tear their cars up where they can't pursue you. You don't hurt your own car, and you hurt no one in your car. 
And so you're going to love to watch that when Frank Stefan decides to play that particular phase. But you can watch it. You can get your family together, and you can copy that if if you got a way of doing it. And so if I could, I would just give you, uh, there's 96 hours of training. But I'm, uh, you know, 50 cents. There's a guy, he's a rapper, I think, that uh, calls himself 50 cents. He said he wanted to feed uh, a billion people. Well, that's a lot of people. And I wish him good luck, and I hope they're all hungry. But in my case, uh, it, 96 hours of training, we've reduced it now to DVD sets. When, I, when all we had was VHS, it took a huge box. I mean, you had to have a shipping company uh, roll in with all those, D, uh, those VHSs. But DVDs now, you, know, you can send them in a, rec- a relatively small packet. But uh, it just, I, you know, it just costs. I'd love to do it, but I can't do it. But with uh, Frank Steffen, an American voice, he can show it to you for free. And you can watch it. And then you can go out and teach others. We in special forces call this an oil spot method. That way it just grows and grows until finally everybody uh, is... Confident, self-reliant, and bring them on. That was a whole idea. I ran for president in 1992. I went to every state, and I saw that Americans were frightened. They were frightened of all kind of things. It was uh, unnerving to me. As a special forces operator, uh, I have been trained. When I get excited, or if I get very angry, or if I'm very... Hence, you'll know it, because I'm very quiet. That's because I'm focusing, just like a laser will come together, as a lot of people are like a fluorescent, a furrow, uh, you know what I'm talking about, uh, one of these fluorescent lights. Uh, but uh, you catch a well-trained person, you got to concentrate yourself like a laser so that you can eliminate, burn through, Wipe out, dispatch, whatever the problem is. So I wanted uh, everybody to have the confidence uh, to get along like that. Now, let me start getting in because there are really important things uh, in the news that you need to know. Uh, One thing is I had uh, one of you say, Bo, I have lost uh, the website and the email uh, for... The uh, the ammunition, that special ammunition. You said it, there's no better self-defense ammunition in the whole world. Well, uh, that's true. And uh, so I sent you an email, and the uh, website that you can go to is www.rbcd. That is R, like Romeo, B, like Bravo, C, like Charlie, D, like Delta, dot net, N-E-T. All right, now that gets you into all the 1-800 numbers 
and all the different ammunition so you can look up your ammunition and this kind of stuff. Now, if you want to talk to Cindy, Cindy is Roscoe Stoker's daughter, who uh, Roscoe died a few years ago. God be praised. His children took over the business. Cindy runs the business for him, and she said to me, Bo, anybody, you were a friend of our dad, and anybody that uh, contacts us for ammunition, if they identify themselves uh, as knowing you, we will give them distributor prices. So why pay retail when you can uh, get the best self-defense ammunition? And this is no fool and doolin'. There isn't a better. Now, when I say the best, how am I using that? How do I get my definition? One is that their recoil is much less than any other bullet in that caliber. So you fire an RBCD 44 Magnum, and the recoil is like a 38 special uh, with using regular ammunition. Most importantly, the speed of the RBCD bullet is about three times that of all other ammunition. And if you remember Einstein, and if you remember physics, you can measure energy. E equals mass. How much does it weigh? Times, and this is the important part, speed, what is the rate of travel squared? Now, when you <laughs> square something, all of a sudden uh, you have a major magnification. And so the energy of the RBCD is so much greater than any other bullet in the world. The speed which gives you the energy, the fact that like a 9 millimeter, I'll never forget. I used to, when I was a young operator in Special Forces, I favored uh, German handguns. I had a PPK. That's a, a pistol police criminal which is a little, it's the PPKS is bigger. It has one more round in it. But the PPK was a great small concealable gun. And it would fire a 9mm. And I had a, a, a P38, which was a semi-automatic 9mm. Uh, uh, it was double action. And uh, I had a Luger. So I had a friend in the FBI, and uh, he was trying out my Luger one day, and he said, gee whiz, oh, he said, you know, this Luger, which was made for World War I, but actually was used until the P-38 came out and replaced it uh, during World War II. But uh, they just haven't come up with a handgun that has a better fitting grip than that old German Luger. 
And uh, he said, this thing is such a natural point. He said, you know, and he, we were shooting at beer cans. Now, this is back in the day when you had to be a man to bend a beer can because they weren't made out of aluminum. And I noticed that when I was shooting my beer can, it didn't move. And I said, you know, I know I'm hitting that can because I'm a good shot. And I went down range, and there were these holes in the beer can. But that's the characteristic of a 9mm, for example. It goes through the target. Now, most of the police forces uh, in the United States are carrying 9mm semi-automatic high-capacity pistols. And when they shoot, that thing goes right through the target, could very easily injure an innocent person that's downrange or that gets a piece of a ricochet. The RBCD ammunition is frangible. The reason that there's no competition is because Roscoe Stoker worked for NASA who invented RBCD, he got a patent on it, so nobody else can copy it. And so this frangible bullet, when it hits the target, it's like a, a fine crystal wine glass uh, that you could, you know, put a little wine on your finger and go around the rim. And remember how you used to do when you were a kid? And it would drive everybody nuts with the exceedingly high pitch, even break glass. Well, it shreds itself, and the entire bullet sticks in the target, which means all that energy stays in the target, which means you only need one round to dispatch uh, your, your threat. And so, uh, Cindy, let me give you her uh, email real quick. It's rbcd2, that's the number two, at earthlink, E-A-R-T-H-L-I-N-K, dot net. All right, so make sure you get your RBCD ammo. I'll be back as I've talked up to the break here, and I'll bring you all the news and the explanations that you need to know today. So this is Freedom Call. You're listening to American Voice Radio. survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? 
We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L A N S E T.com or call 530 265 8333. 530 265 8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. your cell phone for business or staying in touch with family, your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. makes deep sea salt from France so different. Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. All right, everybody, we're back with American Voice Radio. It's Freedom Call. I'm your host. Uh, my name is Bo Greitz. Now, uh, good news. Rick Perry, as I hope you know, is the governor of the great state of Texas. Rick Perry has designated Saturday the sixth day of August at Reliant Stadium in Houston, Texas, for a day of prayer. And he's invited everybody in the United States uh, to join him. Now, the Republican governor of the great state of Maine, his name is Paul LePage, he has joined 
Texas Governor Rick Perry in declaring August 6th as a national day of prayer and fasting. Now, there are others, like the governor of Montana, Brian Schweitzer, and he doesn't sound, this doesn't make Brian, I think a speechwriter did this, and I think it hurts the governor of Montana. He has rejected the event, claiming that he's, quote, too busy to pray on August the 6th. I'm here to tell you it's a crime, isn't it? (laughs) Here's something that we all knew, but uh, we just have to wait, you know, for them to show themselves. The uh, Antichrist American Civil Liberties Union uh, is filing official documents trying to stop Rick Perry. Now, I got a I got news, and wherever you're listening to Freedom Call now, you should pass this word around. You know, Rick Perry is not a guy that uh, cares about uh, a, an organization like the uh, American Civil Liberties Union and uh, their antichrist liberal uh, methods. He is the governor of the great state of Texas. The governor uh, is the commander. He is going to do what he's going to do regardless of the United Nations, the world courts, uh, the president of the United States, the U.S. Congress. They all tried to keep Governor Rick Perry from uh, executing They wanted him to stop the execution of this Mexican who had murdered and raped a young girl in Texas. Now, this happened back in, like, 1998. So it's not as if this Mexican did not have uh, 12 years of three hots and a cot while he was doing all kind of manipulation in his appeals. But they waited until the last minute and then said, oh, uh, Governor, you didn't uh, inform this Mexican murderer and rapist that uh, he could have called his Mexican council since he uh, is uh, a Mexican and not an American. Well, and everybody, including Obama, people in the U.S. Congress, Everybody, the world court, the United Nations, the president of Mexico, they are all uh, in various levels of pleading with to ordering Governor Rick Perry uh, to release this guy. They executed him on time. And so uh, I had been looking carefully. I love America. I would give my life for this country. I don't want to go lay down in a dying cockroach. That's not what I mean. But it means that I would risk my life to, if I thought that by risking it, 
America would be any better off, or it would give us uh, and all of our 311 million citizens just one more day of freedom and liberty under a healthy, strong U.S. Constitution. And I think that we have to uh, get the liberalism out of the White House because that is a word that isn't accurate. The fact is that this is a globalist effort to bring the United States down. And the way you have to break our back is with debt. And then you have to make us dependent upon governments such as are in Europe and governments as such as will be set up in Asia. And it's the whole idea. You can read about it in the Bible, wherein we don't have a different currency anymore. We see it with the euro. All of these uh, wonderful civilizations, these cultures, you know, they... Uh, the English, the pound sterling, the Germans, the Deutschmark, the French, you know, their franc. They each were very proud of their currency. Well, now all of the Euro, European Union, has given in to the Euro, which is a uh, a world currency. Well, the U.S. dollar is in competition there. And so I believe, and I think you can see, I mean, when you look at the level of technology, that they're looking for a global government. We already have a world trade agreement. And so that used to be the old trilateral commission uh, job. It was to act as an accelerator pump. Zygmunt Brzezinski, who was the national security advisor to Jimmy Carter, he started the Trilateral Commission. It only had uh, 300 members, but they were you know, from the United States, and uh, they were from a they were selected. You, you couldn't just say, I want to join uh, the Trilateral Commission. Uh, it was a select group, uh, one of these elite groups, these shadow governments Ali North talked about. Uh, it was in New York, of course. Rockefeller paid just like in the Council on Foreign Relations. Only the Council on Foreign Relations got like 4,000 members. But this group was just to accelerate the... World Trade Organization. And so Zygmunt Brzezinski, you don't hear about the Trilateral Commission anymore. That's because it's mission accomplished. Now, you still hear about the Council on Foreign Relations, the United Nations, because they're looking to unify the world under a global governance. They're looking to have electronic currency. And you see in the Bible where in Revelation it's very clear that uh, you will not be able, under this global system, to work, to buy, or sell 
it doesn't make any difference if you are rich or poor. It says whether you are free or whether you're bond, a servant. You must have the mark of the beast. And then it says what happens to you. If you take this mark of the beast, the smoke from your torment will arise forever and ever. Now, it doesn't say in there that, well, uh, if you are on Social Security and you're going to keep drawing your check, you've got to take the mark of the beast, and God understands. So there will be no uh, consequence of peril for you. It doesn't say, well, my gosh, you've got to eat. Uh, you have to pay the utilities. You have to pay your taxes. You know, you have to have a job. You've got to go to school. So you're going to take that mark, because otherwise you can't. So you're helpless. It says, if you do this, if you take this mark, that the smoke from your torment will arise forever. Friends, you can't do it. Now, if you're not going to do it, you've got to figure out now, because it is right around the corner. When you see all this debt crisis, this is Hocus pocus. This is baloney. And I have told you about this uh, previously. When August the 2nd comes, do you know what is actually due? There is a bill that needs to be paid that is $29 billion. Now, the United States has revenue of over $200 billion. And I've told you before, 70% of the government is paid for. So when Obama says, this is worse than the Titanic, you know, this is worse than Mount Vesuvius going off. This is worse than the world's worst earthquake or tsunami. Obama is using scare tactics. What must be paid, and the only thing that must be paid on the 2nd of August is $29 billion. Now then, it is true that under Obama's deficit spending plan that in the next 10 years, it'll be $30 trillion. That's what his spending looks like if you project it 10 years from now. Now, as you know, the House of Representatives yesterday passed a bill, and they sent it to the Senate, and the Senate uh, did whatever debate that Harry Reid allowed, which wasn't much. Harry Reid knew America is getting behind this cut, cap, and balance. Now, that is the bill that the House of Representatives 
there were five Democrats that voted for this. Well, it went over the Senate. The Senate does not have a plan. But the Senate, Harry Reid called a fast vote, and the Senate, lacking three Democrats is all, the Senate failed to pass. Now, Obama had already said, I am going to veto uh, this cut, cap, and balance. Now, let me ask you, what is wrong with this? You look at the gross national product. That is how much gross. It's even in a German word. It's all together. National product. Everything that America puts out, we take that amount of value. And we say the president can spend 18% of whatever the GNP is. Now, doesn't that make sense? If America is producing more, then it's 18% of a lot more. If America is basically shrinking, then it means the government should be shrinking, and 18% is less. What it does is, if you project... Over 10 years, that plan would actually lead to a balanced budget. Obama said, I will veto it because the Obama plan in 10 years will leave America $30 trillion in debt. Friends, uh, we are $14 trillion, billion dollars now. And so when the second comes, uh, the fact, the truth is that there must be cuts, there must be a cap, and then we should have a balanced budget. But Obama can cut programs that will pay because 70% of the government is paid for. The only bill, what do you do sometimes? Sometimes when uh, money is tight uh, with you, let's say you're transitioning from a job, let's say you have a new baby or circumstances, a car breaks down, or you have to have a major repair on the house, or there's medical bills, legal uh, bills, whatever. What do you do? You line the bills up and you say, well, which one is due next? Well, the next bill that is due for Obama is on the 2nd of August, and it is $29 billion, which must be paid. What does he have to pay it with? $200 billion in revenue. That's what he has. All right, now, what is the next one? So you see, in the meantime, the House of Representatives is the only branch of government. Has Obama come up with a plan? He has not. Has the Senate come up with a plan, which is Democratic? Harry Reid, my senator, runs it. No, they have not. 
The House is the only governmental body. Now, Obama has made the statement today that he will raise the debt limit himself without Congress. What do we have here? We have a thing called a dictatorship, totalitarian. The whole system of America's government is in Article One. It is the U.S. Congress and what they do. Article One, Section 8 says that it's only Congress who handles things like uh, this debt ceiling. Then it's Article 2, that is the executive branch, and it says what powers the president has. Then there's Article 3, which is the justice system. Well, friends, look up Article 1, Section 8. Now, Obama said today that he can raise the debt limit on his own using the 14th Amendment to the Constitution. That is not true. The Supreme Court will slap him down so fast that you won't even know that he's done anything. So this is up to Congress. But you would think that Obama would stop the sweet mouth Stop the playing politics. He has tried to put this thing on the Republican Party. Now, 60% of the people are saying, we need to solve this. Obama's approval rate has dropped down to 45%. And so the, the liberal approach is reversing itself. People have listened to the House of Representatives. This is the Tea Party-backed people that replaced those congressmen who had shown themselves to be irresponsible. So now we have these freshman congressmen in there that have a mandate from Americans that says stop this spending. And Obama has faced down Congress. And he's trying to face them down. He's trying to make them submit in an area where he does not have power. Believe me, he cannot raise this debt ceiling on his own. And if he does, then Article 3, the Supreme Court will step in. And there, if he... If he insists on not following the law, then he can be impeached. And, of course, that's the reason he's got the vice president that he has. I've got to speed along here, but the the good news is that it looks like uh, Rick Perry is going to pull this thing off. Uh, he is going to run for president of the United States. I believe that uh, Obama is going to cashier Biden for the good of the party. Biden is going to initiate his departure by saying, i got to spend more time with my family. That's the usual excuse. And he, Obama will bring Hillary Clinton in as his running mate. I believe that Rick Perry 
will stand and show that he represents uh, an America under God, that we have a king, King Jesus, that we have a day of prayer, that we recognize uh, our dependence, and we pray that our Savior, that our Father, will lift up this nation, preserve the Constitution. I believe that Sarah Palin, now if you either see Huntsman or Mitt Romney, it will be a mistake for Rick Perry because while I think both of these men are good men, Mitt Romney is handsome and uh, Huntsman you know, has been the governor of uh, Utah. Uh, I think that they both uh, love God, accept Christ as their Savior, but they are Mormons. And it's the evangelicals are going to be manipulated by Obama and his uh, community organizers, his acorn groups, and uh, it will cost uh, the Republicans the presidency, meaning that America goes down. And so in this case, I think Sarah Palin is up there. Uh, even though Mitt Romney is the leader, what we see is without even announcing that he is running for president, Rick Perry has moved up in these polls until uh, he is in the top group. So I look forward to seeing a team of Rick Perry and Sarah Palin that I can vote for. Now remember that... Uh, even monkeys fall out of trees. I'm sure there are things that Perry has done. I'm sure there are things that Sarah Palin may say that people will say, I don't agree. But let's look at the overall consequence. What are we doing? What is the mission? Save the Constitution. Preserve America as a nation under God with freedom and liberty, keep our republic. And that means through the Constitution. So we have got to look at minor things. And we've got to say in the big picture, yes, these people look like they can do it because they're going to have to beat not just Obama, but also Hillary Clinton, too. Now, there is a major heat wave going across America, and people are dying from it. 113 in Philadelphia today. It is the hottest day ever. The New York beaches have been issued uh, summonses as being unsafe because of wastewater. Ah, irk. New York, 115 before noon today. They're expecting blackouts. And uh, 111 in Washington, D.C. They measured the heat at a work site in Washington, D.C. It was 133 where those people were working, the construction people. Farm animals are dying, especially 
uh, pork. And so uh, this is a time that you've got to watch yourselves. And uh, this is a time that you need to be active. I don't know whether government's manipulating the weather. I mean, it is certainly significant that these are record-breaking days that set all-time new records. And in Newark, New Jersey, 106. They never even thought about it being that hot. And so the sixth is uh, Obama's, uh, or the fourth is Obama's birthday, I guess. The sixth, Rick Perry's day of prayer. The second, uh, they need to pay $29 billion dollars and they got plenty of money to do that. And then they can figure out how they end up or how they cut. And look at all the money that is waste going uh, into uh, the likes of Afghanistan. They're packing it in suitcases and sending it to Dubai, which is basically an Iranian-influenced controlled country. My gosh, we're paying for our own wars. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for one forty. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Neighbors. 
The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas. Or donate online by going to wichitahomeless.com or simply call Watch live another Messiah's Branch National Satellite Radio Program. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is July twenty third, twenty fifteen. Mission Watch Live, we are warning the world as it happens. If you need help with anything after this program, please call me. If you if you get the answering machine, please leave your number, your prayer request, and or message. And yes, if you need a prayer, you can call me. I have another strong suggestion for you. Recently, we had a letter come in the mail, and uh, so I took it to church with me, and I had the, the brothers uh, help pray on it. We anointed it with oil, and we sat down and, and prayed on it. And if you would like us to do it in that manner, you can send me an email. We'll print it out. And if you want it uh, after it's been anointed and prayed on, we can even send it back to you at no cost of any sort to you. Um, I mean, come on, it's just a postage stamp. Um, So we'll anoint it with oil and pray on it. And we'll even send it back to you if you so choose. So you can consider that, too. You can find my email address at my blog, which is simply prophecyhour.com prophecyhour.com well i'm getting ahead of myself there but the phone number i forgot to give you is 620-878-4682 anyway at prophecyhour.com you can find a radio program archives uh and a lot of everything actually prophecyhour.com is like a hub for all of our ministries and everything that we do you can find a link to it uh at prophecyhour.com so please go over there and check us out also if you're somebody that likes to keep track of the most important latest breaking news you know i might do up to as many as 20 posts a day and so uh please go over there and check it out and you can get the the breaking news and remember that it's really smartphone friendly and our radio program archives can be found over there and it says end time radio archives just click on it 
Anyway, let's have a prayer, and we'll bring on tonight's guest. I'm really excited about this program today or tonight, depending on where you're at. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name, I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will and not my will. I pray that you give our, our guests the words in which to, to teach the people, Father. I ask that you would also give everybody out their ears in which to hear the truth. In your son's mighty name, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen and amen. Well, our guest tonight, he's been on with us before. He's the publisher of the Economic Collapse blog. This blog is the go-to place if you want to know what's going on. Like today, um, one of the headlines over there that I'm looking at is commodities collapse just before the last stock market crash. So guess what's happening right now? We'll talk about that and much more. He's also the author of the book, The Beginning of the End, Written as a novel, much as The Harbinger, if you haven't read The Harbinger, then I guess I'm talking to the air, but if you ever read The Harbinger, The Harbinger was written, it had facts in it, but it was written as a novel. And, you know, it's one of the number one best-selling books uh, in Christian or whatever books, but um, this book, The Beginning of M, was written in that way, but it really has truth in it, and you should get the book. Recently, he made two very informative DVDs called called The Economic Collapse, World War III, and the Death of of America, and The Regathering of the Ten Lost Tribes of Israel. Um, I strongly suggest that you get um, those DVDs. You can find them at the Economic Collapse blog, and we'll ask him uh, how to get there, but it's really simply theeconomiccollapseblog.com, and wherever you'll be listening to this radio program, if you're listening to it in archives and not listening to it live, there should be a link to his website. So let's welcome now Michael Snyder. Are you there with me, Michael? I'm here, Pastor Dan. It's great to be back with you. Well, it's great to hear your voice, and and uh, you you just keep with post. I mean, you know, all these things that you write and you put on the economic collapse blog. Every one of your articles just knocks me over. Oh well, thank you, Pastor Dan. And and you know, uh, we live in such unusual times. You know, we you know we could have lived at any time throughout history, but we get the privilege of living at this time period. And I believe, and we can talk about this during the show, I believe that events are going to start accelerating greatly during the second half of this calendar year. I'm talking about 2015. And I believe that they're going to keep accelerating as we head into the, 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 the time that the Bible refers to as the last days leading up to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And so, yes, things are going to get very chaotic and very dark, but also what a privilege to be alive during biblical times. I believe that as things get darker, that also God is going to do some amazing things. And we get to live during this period of time, and to me, that's very exciting. Yes, amen. I, I totally agree with you. I, I, believe, I, well, I believe what the Word says. I believe that, that evil will get more predominant and more evil, but I also believe those uh, the opposite that those that have light will get stronger and we're going to see some miraculous things happen and miracles uh it's going to be really exciting to see uh don't you think oh i absolutely do i absolutely do so on my website you know the economic collapse blog and end of the american dream i talk about some really hard things and and, and every day you know I'm, I'm writing about things that, wow, people say, don't you get depressed? Don't you get down about all this? Because they are some very 
very hard things. And to, and, and to a certain extent, we've got to look at ourselves, what, what we've done as a nation, where we've gone, what we've become. We need to see our own sin. We need to see our own wickedness so that we can repent and turn to God. Um, you know, and that's part of the purpose of it. But, uh, you know, I don't feel down at all. I don't feel depressed at all. In fact, it's been prophesied by men and women of God all over this nation and all over the world that the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen is coming and the greatest harvest of souls the world has ever seen is coming. And so my wife and I, every day we pray that we want to be part of that. We want to be part of that harvest of souls. We want to be right in the middle of what God is doing. And so we're excited about our future. In fact, we believe that the greatest chapters of our lives are still ahead of us. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, you know, I just turned 60 July 4th, but I don't feel 60, but I don't know what 60 is supposed to feel like. But I'm pretty energetic, go to the gym. But I do that. I keep myself in shape because I can't wait to live out these days because I believe that we're going to be helping people clear up until the time Yeshua returns. And there's some exciting things that I want to see. A lot of people just don't get it. You know, they keep saying, well, I don't want to go through all that. We'll pray that it doesn't happen yet. Well, you know, when they're praying, they're praying for their Savior not to come back yet, you know. And to me, I don't care what I have to endure. You know what I'm saying? I want to see my Savior come back. I want to look up in the clouds. I want to see him coming. Yeah, and, and and this is a great time to be alive. And, and uh, you know, a lot of people fear the shaking that's coming, but until the shaking comes, most people will not wake up. Most people will not repent. Most people will not turn to God, but the shaking is part of God's mercy. If all of a sudden just the end came in a single day, then people wouldn't have time to repent and turn. But as this shaking comes, and it's not just going to be economic shaking, there's going to be natural disasters, there's going to be all kinds of horrible things coming, plagues and war and everything else, but it's going to give uh, uh, the people a chance to turn, people to, to wake up, see what's happening, see all these things were t- talked about in the Word of God, they were prophesied ahead of time, that God is real, that God has brought judgment, and is going, but it's going to be a process of judgment which will enable millions and ultimately hundreds of millions of people to turn to God, to turn to the kingdom of God. And so there's going to be a division. You know, those who embrace wickedness and evil are going to get, it's going to get darker and darker, but then there's going to be, you know, uh, people uh, going the other way as well. So there's going to be this great division, and I believe we're seeing these, these things kind of come to a head in our nation. For example, in late June, we saw, recently I wrote about seven key events that are going to happen before the end of September. And the first one has already happened in late June, and, and, and I wrote about this beforehand. I said in late June, we're going to see, or early July, we're going to see the U.S. Supreme Court decision, uh, you know, about gay marriage. And right. I expressed my belief that it, um, that that they were going to decide in favor of gay marriage. It had been prophesied by some of these men and women of God around the nation that, that that's what was going to take place, and it did take place. And the Supreme Court ruled in favor of gay marriage. And I believe that's kind of a bookend to what happened in 1973 with Roe versus Wade, where we, you know, Roe versus Wade was decided between then and now. We've killed more than 56 million of our own babies. What does a nation deserve that does that, that kills 56 million of its own people? But that's what we've done. And so God has given us so much time to repent, to turn around, but instead 
we've continued to run the other way, and I believe now this is a bookend to that decision, this, this uh, decision which has legalized gay marriage in all 50 states. And now since right. then, in just the, the past couple of weeks, we've had these videos come out showing how Planned Parenthood, they take these uh, parts of aborted babies and they sell them to medical researchers. They're making money by t- by and and they're and they they they're very careful. That, and they get the orders ahead of time, and, and then as they abort these babies, they're very careful not to damage the body parts that have been ordered. And they and, you know, and it's horrible. And it's it's like Nazi Germany, and that's really what the United States is. We're not an example to the rest of the world. The only example we are is a bad example. Right. So I believe God is bringing out this wickedness to show us. And, and and it's being revealed to show us what we've become, right. who we are, what how far this nation has fallen, and it's gonna and it's decision time for people out there, in terms of what they want to do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, another shocking thing that I, that I saw yesterday, and it well now now wait a minute, let me go back to your two bookends first. You're absolutely right. We invited harsh judgment against this nation, as there's always been biblically, when you, with the killing of children. But then to top it off with with you know um, not gay marriage opens the door for every kind of sex act you know and saying it's okay trying to make all that the normal you know he said it'd be as in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah and it that it truly is and it's like you say America is no longer that good example it's the bad example but something else that really knocked me out of my chair yesterday was when I read that Obama. Uh, is dropping uh, part from the oath when you become an American citizen that says that you have to defend America, and that's just it's ludicrous. Oh, it absolutely is. We've got a con man in the White House who, you know, he 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 hates what, what the values and principles this country is founded upon. Uh, he he hates. Uh, biblical Christianity, and, and he's he's an Islamic sympathizer, and uh, and that that's actually going to play a key role coming up later this year, because on September fifteenth, the seventieth session of the UN General Assembly begins on that date, mm-hmm. and once that uh, the, the session begins on September fifteenth. Uh, France is going to introduce a resolution at the, uh, UN, at the UN Security Council, which would give formal recognition to a Palestinian state. Now, in the really? past, thing that's been blocking such a resolution has been the, the United States government. And in the past, uh, you know, Obama has said he wouldn't support such a thing. But now Obama has indicated things may be much different this time. So we're going to have we're going to have this resolution introduced by France in September uh, regarding the established, formal establishment of a Palestinian state, the dividing of the, the formal dividing of the land of Israel into two states. The only thing standing in the way of that happening would be Barack Obama. And Barack Obama has already indicated, because he didn't like Netan- that Netanyahu got reelected, right. that the new Israeli government doesn't seem to want to negotiate with the Palestinians or have any interest in the Palestinian state. So Barack Obama this time has already kind of given hints that this time the- Obama might not stand in the way, but might give his support to this 
in which case we could see the Palestinian state this September, which I believe prophetically opens up the door for all sorts of things. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, it, it would just change everything. There's a whole bunch of prophecies that's based on that time, and people don't get it. Israel, whether they like Israel or dislike Israel, you know, they, it really depends, I guess, on where they're at with the Bible, whether they believe it or not. But the point is, is this, is, you know, Israel is the time clock, you know, for the for the end time. And, you know, you'll that's a dramatic step forward. I mean, a Palestinian state is just a dramatic step forward, don't you think? Oh, it, it's absolutely huge. And, you know, but the funny thing is, I hardly hear any Bible prophecy teachers talking about this, about what's coming up in September. People have been looking for a Palestinian state for so long, and most have assumed that it would come as a result of negotiations between the Israeli government and the Palestinians. But the now Benjamin Netanyahu saying, is, you know, as long as I'm in power, you know, we're not going to see such a thing. And so people have been watching that. But really, I believe that it's been Obama's plan all along to kind of, you know, he had these negotiations, but they failed, and to kind of force it into the United Nations where he could say, well, you know, I tried all I could, but, you know, um, but uh, so it's not my fault. But I believe that Barack Obama wants a Palestinian state before he leaves the White House. I believe this is his chance to get it. And then, you know, many of your listeners are aware that so many men and women of God around the world have prophesied things coming to states after the establishment of a Palestinian state. So if we see formal division of the land, the formal declaration of a Palestinian state in September, that opens up the door for so many of these prophecies to be fulfilled. Specifically, I'm talking about, one thing I'm talking about is the giant New Madrid earthquake in the center part of the United States, which right. Jane Warren and others have prophesied that, you know, so many uh, have, have received that once we divide the land of Israel, our land is going to be divided. It's going to be along the New Madrid fault. And then another thing is, Efren Rodriguez, he came to the Prophecy Club, and, and uh, you've talked about this before, but he, he talks about this giant East Coast tsunami, which, which is coming to the East Coast of the United States, a meteor hitting down in the Atlantic Ocean near Puerto Rico, producing this giant tsunami, which just inundates the East Coast of the United States. Well, according to Efren Rodriguez, that does not happen until after the establishment of a Palestinian state. So for, for so many of these prophecies, we're watching for this establishment of a Palestinian state. And, and and we could literally be just a few weeks away from that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and I, you know, looking at everything, whether it's, it's, you know, hearing everybody talk about the Shemitah, uh, uh, that's more than likely is not, well, we're in the Shemitah year, but, you know, will happen in Lilu, uh, what is it, 29, I guess. Um, that's September 23rd, you know, with all these things happening, you know, I can, I can feel it in the area. I, I can't explain it. But it's like I can almost reach out and grab it. I know, you know, it's, you know what I'm saying? Do you feel that? Or you feel that coming? Yeah, Pastor Dan, I've never been more concerned about any period of time in my entire life than I am about the last six months of 2015. That's why back on June 25th, I, I wrote an article entitled, The Economic Collapse Blog Has Issued a Red Alert 
for the last six months of 2015. Now, I've never done this before. In all my time since I started writing, since I started the Economic Cops blog in late 2009, I've never issued any kind of red alert for a specific period of time. And I know this is a, a very big thing to do. And, you know, as a, when I was being trained as an attorney, kind of, kind of being trained up, I was, I was trained to be very level-headed, only, right. only come to conclusions based on the evidence. And so part of me always wants to be real conservative and doesn't kind of want to put, push myself out there. But, uh, but everything to me is pointing toward an imminent financial collapse. And I'm not talking about imminent within the next week or two. And I'm not saying that once 2015 ends, that our problems are going to be over. In fact, I believe in many ways they're just going to be beginning. But I believe we've arrived. We've reached a massive, major turning point. And so in that article, I explained so many of the things in the natural from a kind of from, from a secular economic point of view why I'm so, I'm so concerned. Now, this, this happens to line up with so many things that are happening biblically, like you just mentioned the, uh, the Shemitah cycle, um, which were in, if you look at past Shemitah cycles, there's been a financial crisis, which, is, which, is, which, which has happened either right as we're getting to the very end of it or immediately following the end of it. For example, if you go back to 1987, a Shemitah cycle ended in the fall of 1987. And right after it ended, all of a sudden, very shortly thereafter, we had Black Monday which was in October 1987. Everyone remembers that. Everyone who's alive at that time it was the largest one-day percentage crash in U.S. history right. up, to, up until that time. But that was right after the Shemitah year ended. But in the last couple cycles, it's happened on the day before the ending of the Shemitah cycle. For example, you go back to the year 2000. Shemitah year begins in the fall of 2000. It ends on September 17, 2001, which was Elul 29 on the biblical calendar. In other words, the day right, right before Rosh Hashanah, the right. stock market fell 684 points, which up to that time was the greatest one-day stock market crash in all of U.S. history. And that market held for exactly seven years on the biblical calendar until we got to the next Shemitah cycle. Started in the fall of 2007, ended in September 29, 2008. Once again, it was Elul 29 on the biblical calendar. The day before Rosh Hashanah, the Dow fell by 777 points, which still today remains the greatest one-day stock market crash of all time. Now we right. started another yeah. Shemitah cycle. Started uh, in the fall of last year. It ends on September 13, 2015, which this time falls on a Sunday, so the stock market will not crash on that day. But it doesn't have to be on any particular day, as Jonathan Kahn has pointed out in his book on the Shemitah. It's that period of time as a whole that we're looking at, not necessarily one particular day. Right, absolutely. And, you know, why it does, people say, well, why did it happen after the Shemitah year? Is because I believe clearly the Father gives us the year to correct ourselves. Well, we're getting ready to go to a break. Why don't you tell them where they can find the Economic Collapse blog? And uh, by the way, folks, there are some links over there on his page to get his DVDs. Go ahead and tell them where to find it. Yeah, my primary website is the Economic Collapse blog.com, or if you just go to Google and type in uh, economic collapse, it'll bring up some of my articles. On that website, I primarily write about economic issues. Now, where I write about 
kind of a broader range of social, political, spiritual, prophetic events is on End of the American Dream. You can find that on endoftheamericandream.com. Endoftheamericandream.com. All right, folks, we'll check him out. And you know what? We'll be back in three minutes to talk more with you. Dan will be right back. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Meat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. This is Pastor Dan Catlin, and you're listening to Mission Watch Live on the American Voice Radio Network. Folks, please remember to pray tonight about a donation for our work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, of course, the homeless are poor, but we're talking about the poor people that we help that aren't homeless. You know, people people that, um, I don't know, you know, they're struggling. I mean, they're putting a roof over their head, and they've got children, and some of them, not all of them, and their couples trying to make it. and they're working two or three jobs, some of these people, and they just can't make ends meet because not necessarily because the wages are you heard me say that, that they had to work two or three jobs. Well, that's because, you know, of Obamacare. Um, so they can't put in a 40 hour work week anymore and get overtime and all those things that most of us grew up with. Um, I don't know about how old my listening audience is tonight, but I'm 60 years old. I grew up with those things, 40-hour work week, uh, anything over 40 hours. We got time and a half overtime and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, you have people that are making career jobs out of McDonald's and so on and so forth. I mean, it's just pitiful. We have not, and while we are talking about the economic collapse and some other things tonight, we haven't recovered from 2008 uh, at all whatsoever. If you really look at statistics, we're worse off, and it's getting worse. And so, so many people come to to us for help because they don't fit in with specific guidelines. You know, you go to an agency and you fill out a paper, and if you're one little thing off, you don't get no help. People walk in our door, and they ask for what they need. And I listen to them, and if I believe them to be truthful, you know, I pray about it. Sometimes I have the thing they need right there, you know, which may be just a simple telephone, you know, out in the hall or the clothing closet, or maybe they come in and they need first aid or they need some over-the-counter medications because they got a headache and they got no money to buy any pain pills, you know, aspirin, or, you know, it's something else. And if we don't have it, you know, we pray about it. And, you know, if it's legitimate, I believe the father feels the need in some way. And that's why even the agencies send people to us. You know, they say, hey, you know, go to go to Pastor Dan. He might be able to help you. You know, he does a lot of things. Well, we've been doing this. This is now our, our we're in our 16th year, and my wife and I were laughing. We've been doing this for, you know, uh, now half of the time that we've been together. We've been together 30 years. And, you know, we did this for over half of the time that we were together helping people. And, that's because we're thankful. That's why do we do it? Let's let's look at that. Besides the fact the Father kept me up all night and told me to do it, the fact is that I am so thankful for him saving me from being a filthy, rotten sinner, and I say that with emphasis, that 
and he cleaned me up and made me the person that I am now, restored me and my wife, gave us a family when my wife was not even supposed to get pregnant because that's what the doctor said, and now I have grandchildren. And then he did the biggest thing of all. While family is really big, he allowed me to serve him, and that's what we do. We serve him by serving others. We help people because of the Father. We are serving him. You know, folks, we are the last hope for so many, and you know, we are responsible to care one for another, as we are brothers keepers. All donations, no matter what size, helps. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or by mailing a check or money order, and you can find out all this information at ProphecyHour.com. And that means you folks all over that are listening to us. We get people from all over the country. Some people send us uh, boxes with things in it, you know, whether it's over-the-counter meds or clothing or so on and so forth. But we also really do need your donations to help pay the bills, keep the lights, the electric on at the Mission Church. So really pray about it. We really do need your help. And uh, I noticed that I, I'm really wondering, I, my listing audience for downloads has gotten real strong in San Diego, California. So this is a shout out to you folks in San Diego. If you're listening to us and you're some of that new group, well, thanks for dropping in and listening to us. I, I hope that you're getting educated from the program because after all, this is a program. It's not a show. A show is meant to entertain. We're here to help teach you something. But uh, for the record, um, I was born in San Jose, California, 60 years ago. So anyway, shout out to California. Uh, anyway, we're now, uh, well, here's the phone number, uh, 620-878-4682. And you can find all this information at ProphecyHour.com, ProphecyHour.com. And now I'm done talking, so we're back with Michael Snyder. Are you there with me, Michael? I'm here. I'm here, Pastor Dan. Well, I'm really glad to have you on. And, you know, the economic collapse, you hear what I said? I said that we really haven't even recovered from the last one uh, that happened in 2008, have we? No. In fact, in so many ways, poverty is even worse right now than it was back then in the last recession. For example, back in 2008, 18% of all American children were living in poverty. Just this week, we learned that the number has risen to 22% today. Or if you look at the food stamp program, back in 2008, the federal government was spending $37 billion a year on the federal food stamp program. Today, that number has doubled to 74 billion dollars. And, you know, and, and in America tonight, there are over a million uh, children that go to our public schools that are homeless. And so we're, we're, there's so much need all over this country. And so I hope people open their hearts, support ministries like yours, Pastor Dan, and others that are meeting the needs, that are, that are showing love in a, a very physical, tangible way to people, meeting their needs. And Because you know what? It's going to get a whole lot worse. As bad as the yeah. numbers are now, I believe we're right on the precipice of the next great financial crisis. We're going to see unemployment skyrocket. People are going to lose their homes. It's going to be horrible. And so, you know, with as much need out there as there is right now, it's just going to multiply in the coming years. And, and so people, we're, as believers, we're going to have to have really big hearts because, you know, we're, we're going to need to take care of our brothers and sisters, those that are hurting, because uh, that's what we're called to do. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go with this. 
um, at 2008, you know, um, I watched uh, a lot of ministries, and they all of a sudden, a lot of them that were in Wichita that were helping people either cut back or shut down over the next few years. And the reason being is because they were they were getting things from the state or from the the government, and so you know that that went away real quick. And because, you know, funding was lost. And then you turn around and it, then you see, you know, donations get lower for people and, and they go away. Well, what happens when, you know, all of a sudden somebody's not getting those food stamps and you have all those people that you were talking about not getting food stamps? Who's going to feed them? It is the job of the church, has always been the job of the church. And what happened, and the reason that we're in the position that we're at now, and I think why the church lost its way, is because the government stepped in and created welfare and these other programs. And so the church said, well, I guess I can, and maybe not every church, but for the most part, said, well, maybe I can start spending my money on something else. And you started seeing mega churches come forward and money spent other ways to where a very small percent of the money that they used to give to poverty and the children and so on and so forth is just gone. Back to you. Oh, it, it, it's so very true. And as believers, we're, we're commanded to, to help the poor. That's our mandate. And the federal government's not going to be able to keep this up forever. You know, the federal government right now, the, the, since Barack Obama has been in office, the national debt has doubled. And when you break that down, what, what, the, the amount of debt we've gone into, the amount of money that has been stolen from our children, our grandchildren, from future generations of Americans, it breaks down to more than $100 million an hour. So that means that, you know, if someone made a big Hollywood movie, which, you know, uh, had uh, some robbers going and stealing $100 million from some financial institution, no one would even want to watch it because they would say, oh, that's unrealistic. That could never happen. No one could ever steal $100 million. Well, actually, our federal government is stealing $100 million from future generations of Americans every single hour of every single day, all while Barack Obama has been president. And it's a crime of unimaginable proportions, what we're doing to future generations of Americans. And yet hardly anyone ever gets upset about it anymore. Yeah, it's, it's like we're all – they keep calling it, well, this is the new normal. You know, I, I keep hearing that that it's the new normal to have unemployment this this great. It's the new normal for people to be on food stamps. You know, uh, the the reason, folks, the reason why they're letting so many people on food stamps is not because of their compassionate hearts. It's because if you're getting food stamps and subsidies from the government, you're less likely to vote that party out of office. Back to you. Yeah, and, and, you know, and, and we just continued with business as usual, continued to making all the same mistakes, uh, racking up debt uh, to an unprecedented level never seen in the, uh, in the world today. In fact, the entire world's in debt. The, today, the debt-to-GDP ratio for the entire world, when you add up all forms of debt, it's 286%. It's never been higher, so the world is drowning in debt. Uh, meanwhile, our, our big banks, our financial institutions are becoming more reckless than ever, and so we're poised for this big crash. And, and so we're moving toward it, and we're starting to see so many of the exact same patterns and cycles play out that we saw just before 
the crash of 2008. For example, right before the financial crisis of 2008, we see commodities take a big crash because what happens when economic activity starts to slow down, people uh, around the world don't use as many commodities such as copper, iron ore, aluminum, zinc, nickel, lead, tin, and lumber. All those things, they're not used as much. There's not as much of a demand when economic activity slows down, but that's precisely what we're seeing again. This week, commodities have been crashing. I wrote an article about it yesterday. Commodities continued to crash today, even after I, I finished writing the article. And so now, over the past 12 months, we've seen uh, the commodities crash by a toll of more than 26%. The Bloomberg Commodity Index just hit a brand-new 13-year low. That means it's already lower than it was at any point during the last recession. But this is something that just happened just before the last crash, and it's happening again right now. And so many other similarities, you know, where we've seen margin debt go to three great peaks right before the uh, dot-com bubble burst in, in 2000-2001, right before the last financial crisis, and, and uh, another margin debt peak right now. Junk bonds, they crashed right before the last financial crisis. They're crashing once again right now. We had an oil crash crisis. The only time the price of oil has crashed by more than $50 a barrel was in 2008, right before the last financial crisis, and now we've seen it again happening it, it, uh, right now, and the price of oil continue to tumble today. So, so many of the things that happened last time are happening again right now, and, 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 and so many indicators are pointing to us. Oh, go ahead, Pastor Dan. I, I was going to say, um, I was well, I, I was going to point out that, uh, you know, beyond the fact, you know, we just made this Iranian deal. Um, our Iran is saying that they're going to flood the market with oil. Won't that help to that oil crash? Oh, absolutely, because the world is already drowning in oil. And some some uh, firms are actually storing oil offshore in the ocean in giant tankers, waiting for the price to go back up because there's so much oil they don't have anyone to sell to. So they're just putting it in giant tankers, sending them out to sea and storing it there waiting for things to turn around, but they're not turning around. As you said, this, this uh, agreement with Iran, all of a sudden Iran can start to sell their oil around the world. The, the, the sanctions are, are being lifted. So that's you know, another thing which is going to contribute to this. So, yeah, we've, we've got these, these, these huge problems. Meanwhile, all over the world we're starting to see these eruptions. You know, we've had the problems in Greece, but also Puerto Rico came out recently and said, our debts are too big. We can't pay them. Ukraine recently came out. We hardly heard anything about this in the Western media. The Ukrainian government said, our debts are unpayable. We can't do anything about it. And so, But it's not just them. I, I recently wrote an article that talked about how there's 24 nations around the world that are currently facing a debt crisis, and there's another 14 that are headed toward a debt crisis. This is according to a, a big new report that was just released. And so we've, we've, we've got globally there's approximately $200 trillion of debt on the books. That breaks down to approximately $28,000 of debt for every man, woman, and child on the planet. And considering the fact that close to half the population of the world lives on less than $10 a day, that's a major problem. Wow. $10 a day. I didn't realize that. $10 a day. Um, that's amazing. You know, the poor in America even live on more than that, don't they, I think? Oh, they do. They do. Here in the United States, uh, you know, the, the the poor are much wealthier than that. So that's why, you know, when you break it down to $28,000 for every child on the entire planet, 
Our share of that debt is much, much larger because of, of uh, you know, we have much more of the wealth here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, you know, and the other thing that worries me about this ge- generation that's out there is, you know, when I grew up, I, you know, I, it, I knew things, you know, I knew how to fix different things, and I knew, you know, I knew survival things, you know what I'm saying? We have genera- a couple of generations of people that don't know how how to do anything, let alone make a fire or do anything. And so, you know, I think they're going to be helpless uh, during this time that's coming. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately, a lot of believers are uh, uh, not preparing either. You know, a lot of believers are, are kind of snoozing. They're saying, well, if anything bad happens, I'll just let God take care of it. But, you know, that I don't believe that's the biblical model. In the Bible, you know, uh, we see, for example, God told, warned Noah about the flood was coming. Noah had to take action and build the ark, which was essentially about the, the, the same size as a, a, a World War II aircraft carrier, you know, for him and his family and, right, and the right. animals and so forth to survive. He had to take action. Or you look at Joseph, you know, in the, in the Old Testament, God sent the, the, the warning dream to Pharaoh, and, and there was going to be seven good years followed by seven bad years. And so what did Joseph do? He said, oh, don't worry, God will take care of it. No, Joseph instituted the greatest food storage program the ancient world has ever seen. So they stored up food for seven years, and so when the bad years came, they were able to not only save the nation of Egypt, but Joseph was able to save his whole family as well, and, and, the, and the nation of Israel and the future of Israel, the future line of Messiah by, by his preparation. So a lot of these believers who are, are, are you know, are, are saying, oh, I'm just going to trust God, you know, I'm just going to sit on my couch and do nothing. Well, you know, the Bible gives us warnings for a reason. From Gen- the book of Genesis all the way through the book of Revelation, we see warnings, you know, and, and they're not there to instill fear in us, but they're there to let us know, that God knows the end from the beginning. He knows everything that's going on. He has a plan, and often the warnings are there to spur us to take action. And I believe in this day and time, God has given us warnings in innumerable different ways, and He's, in, and he's warned us, right. uh, uh, and He wants us to get prepared. And, and so I'm constantly encouraging everyone to get prepared for what's coming while there's still time. Right, absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Looking at things, you know, what, what really bothers me now, I mean, we maybe not see this event. When we say believers, at least when I say believers and I'm talking about the church, I'm generally talking about the Western world because, you know, we're, we have a whole different pattern of, of belief, you know, that's not once you get out of the Western world. Um, the Western world, though, has, uh, to me, it's, it's cheap grace, you know. Um, believe in Yeshua, and then sit down on a couch and do nothing, you know, except for, oh, yeah, don't forget, give us your money. And, you know, that's kind of where they've been lulled into, and most of them don't even know what sin is. Yeah, I don't know about you, but try it sometime, and I'm telling this to everybody. Ask somebody on the street or ask one of your friends, Get say, what is sin? Ask them what sin is. Um, you will get some really strange answers, and most of them won't even know. And so with that kind of a belief that I'm going to fly out of here, I don't have to worry anything, and that's put into them by these shepherds that are hirelings, and they're not really shepherds at all. Back to you. Oh, it's very true. And most Christians don't even know that there's a definition for sin right in the New Testament. 
and, and it's in First John chapter three verse four. It says, "Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law." For sin is the transgression of the law. You know, but today churches don't want to hear about the law. They don't want to hear about that. But the Bible says that the sin is the transgression of the law. That's why we needed a Savior, is because of our sin. The function of the law is to show us our sin and so that we know that we can't do it on our own. We've got to have a Savior. We've got, and, and Yeshua went to the cross to, uh, to shed his precious blood for our sins, to make the payment for our sins so that we could have eternal life. And, and I'm so thankful that he did. But, but uh, you know, the, the Christians today, they want to throw out the, the, the Old Testament, which is about 75% of the Bible. But it's all about, you know, that first, uh, that, 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 that uh, first same book of Bible, First John, it talks about the two keys to the Christian life are loving God, and loving others, and that's the same thing we see in the Ten Commandments, where the first four commandments are about loving God, the last six of the Ten Commandments are about loving others. So it's always about yeah. about loving God and loving others. Yeah, absolutely. And and loving, it was, you know, all those things that you mentioned, like love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, that is in the Old Testament, or, you know, it's in the Torah. Um, people don't understand that that if you did away with that, then m- most of the New Testament would have to be wiped out also, because what they're speaking is is the instructions, which is the first five books of the Bible, which is the Torah. And, you know, it's more than just law. There's law contained in the Torah, but, you know, everything that happened, like what you mentioned about Joseph, that's Torah. You know, that's instruction. It's, that's telling us how, teaching us how to react in a certain situation, you know, that is Torah. It's instructions for living. So if you threw out that, then you're going to have to throw out a bunch of the New Testament because um, just like Yeshua, he used the the Old Testament, so to speak, when he rebuked the devil. And he said, man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of the mouth of, of the Father. Well, that's in the Torah, you know, back to you. Oh, it, it absolutely does. And, and Jesus specifically in Matthew 5.17, he said, Do not think that I've come to destroy the law. And then two verses later, he specifically says, Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men to do so, which is most of the church today, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So Yeshua said, anyone who breaks the commandments and teaches other people not to do so will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. And, and, and you know, we're seeing a restoration of, of the, this understanding today as we're seeing all over the world people understand that, oh, the whole Bible applies for today. In fact, and then in the book of Revelation, it tells us what the remnant of the last days is going to look like. In Revelation twelve seventeen and fourteen twelve, it talks about the remnant of the last days are going to be those that keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Yeshua. And we're seeing people like that raised up all over the world. Pastor Dan, you're one of those people. My wife and I, we keep the commandments and we have the testimony of Yeshua. And all over the world, we're seeing this remnant, which was prophesied 2,000 years ago, it's being raised up. We're starting to connect together. We're starting to link up with one another all around the world. And, and uh, the, the scriptures tell us that this, this, this movement, this remnant, is going to be very powerful 
in the last days and, and were identified specifically in the book of Revelation. And so, you know, I hope that those that are listening out there understand that, because God is restoring all things. He's restoring his instructions, his Torah. He's restoring the, 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 the preaching of the gospel, like we saw the original apostles do it in the book of Acts, where we have a passion for souls. He's restoring the gifts of the Spirit, like we saw in the book of Acts, the power yeah, of the Holy yeah. Spirit, without which we can't advance the kingdom. So, um, yeah, uh, he's bringing yeah, all he, these things back together. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's an incredible time that we live in. Well, you know what? I really enjoyed this hour, uh, and, you know, we're at the end of it, of course. Uh, tell them about your blog, where to get, and t- real quickly, tell them the name of the two new DVDs. They really need to get those DVDs. Oh, I'm sorry, Pastor Dan, you were breaking up a, a little bit in the last part there. What did you want me to tell the people? Uh, about the names of the two DVDs that they can get and they can find them at your blog. Okay, you're kind of breaking up again, but, uh, you know, people can follow my work at the economiccollapseblog.com. They can find uh, contact information for me there, and I also write on endoftheamericandream.com. And and my two uh, books, which you can find on amazon.com, are The Beginning of the End, which is the novel Pastor Dan talked about earlier, and I also have a new book out called Get Prepared Now, which talks about making preparations for the time ahead. Okay, and folks, do not forget, he made two new DVDs. This, one of them is called The Economic Collapse, World War III, and the Death of America. And the other one is all about the, the tribes returning to Israel. That's what I was talking about. Anyway, brother, thanks for being on with me, and we'll do it again. I appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for uh, having me on, Pastor Dan. All right. You be blessed, brother. Goodbye and shalom to you. Um. Folks, uh, I'm sorry if I'm breaking up. Maybe it's my air conditioner in the background. Usually I turn it off, but it's too hot out there today. But I want to remind I'm having some really good guests uh, coming up. And so, uh, anyway, that must have been his listening device because I'm getting reports that I'm crystal clear. So, let me tell you what's going on. Um, on I'm going to pull up my calendar real quick and try. I hope I got time to do this. First off, Carl Gallops is going to be on with me in another hour, and we're going to be talking about a lot of neat stuff. I won't tell you what it is. Carl's always good, though. But I'm going to be having Tom Carey on and, uh, in July 30th. But what I'm really excited about is Doug Hamp's going to be on Mission Watch on August 6th. Now, this program, he really surprised me. I said, what do you want to talk about? And he said, Torah versus Grace. I have never heard him talk about the Torah as God's instructions, and he is doing so now, and this guy is well-researched, and so it'll be a dynamite program. i got to get out of here. You must remember there is only one God. That's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. His son is Yeshua HaMashiach. He gave his life for repentant sins. He rose after three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And through him, and only through him, is the way to the Father. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's like praying for Messiah's return. And, of course, pray for supporting the Wichita Mission Church. We need your help. Pray about radio, uh, su- supporting radio airtime. Lord our God, Father, King of the universe, asking Yeshua HaMashiach's name, that the Father blesses and keeps you. And his face shines upon you and is gracious to you and gives you peace. Until an hour from now, this is Pastor Dan saying goodbye and shalom. You've just heard the Messiah's Branch broadcast featuring Pastor Dan. To contact Dan on the Internet, go to messiahsbranch.org. 
To write to Dan, send a note to Messiah's Branch, 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Tune in next time for Messiah's Branch. Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. heart condition and emergency rooms and medical doctors are not an option, you need our emergency heart attack kit. Five concentrated liquid formulas enter the system in 60 seconds to protect your heart muscle, strengthen heartbeat, increase circulation, relieve pain, and make breathing easier. When seconds count, you want all the help you can get with our emergency heart attack kit. Easy to use and portable in a one-pound compact kit for your purse, briefcase, or car. Call Apothecary Herbs now for your emergency heart attack kit, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the three www.thepowerherbs.com. As men get older, they are subject to hormone imbalance. And when this happens, men can experience osteoporosis, memory loss, irritability, blood sugar imbalance, weight gain, enlarged prostate, erectile dysfunction, and risk of stroke. The human endocrine system manufactures hormones. Why not feed your system plant nutrition to make the hormones that are right for you? For centuries, these herbs have been used to balance the male hormone system. Men, you've waited long enough for the male hormone formula. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663 for the male hormone formula. 866-229-3663 or online at thepowerherbs.com. 866-229-3663. 
888-888-3663, where your health care options just became endless. Pandemics will be a part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu, and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated, and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system, and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. One, two, three, I'm your resident herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Hope you had a great day. We're here to empower you here on Herb Talk Live. Thanks for joining us on American Voice Radio. we got a great show. We're going to be talking about the shingles vaccine for the first part of the show. What's up with that? You know, some stuff you probably didn't know about it. Also, uh, we're going to be talking about, as promised, alfalfa, which we didn't fit in last time. And also some topics maybe on some foods that can modify behavior and possibly uh, our parasite segment. So we'll see what we can fit in. Uh, and before we get to all that great stuff, big salute and semper fi to our righteous men and women in uniform, lifting them up in prayer. You know, and I'm seeking the Lord's face every day, hitting the knees, and I'm asking for righteousness. I'm pleading for truth and righteousness in this land, for righteous men of valor to come forth and, you know, just, uh, just to put, put this uh, nation on the right course. And uh, so we're going to have to pl- pray that in. God's will be done, of course, but, you know, you don't get what you don't ask for. So uh, mind the time there, you know, because God is our hope, our anchor to our soul, and it helps us to stay sure and steadfast on our course. Hopefully the course is the right one. And without further ado, let's do the quack report. Thank you, Frank. What do we got in the quacker? Well, we have an oncologist, that's a cancer doctor, uh, to be sentenced for... Um, being very naughty, actually, uh, in um, a severe breach of trust, this doctor, uh, this professional Michigan MD, well, he demonstrated the highest level of human disregard possible. Dr. Farid Fata, uh, he told his healthy patients, guess what? They had cancer and they were about to die unless they took immediate action and took his cancer treatments. So he falsified documents. He proceeded to uh, prescribe an 
and treat, uh, administer unnecessary chemotherapy uh, to over 500 patients who really didn't need it. They didn't have cancer. So um, the story actually, this story appeared on 60 Minutes if you if you saw it. Now prosecutors are asking for a 175 year sentence for this a greedy physician who you know grew a tiny one man practice into a high end medical giant in about 10 years. Uh, his marketing strategy was you know tell patients they need uh, chemotherapy or they're going to die, and uh, they were he was able to milk millions out of insurance uh, companies for this uh, as he lived in a lavish Michigan mansion. Of course, Dr. Fada was arrested in 2013 after one of his um, uh, medical doctors that worked for him, Dr. So Mogley, he worked for Fada. He tipped off the federal government off on his his actions, basically, for a fraud and uh, medical malpractice. And he described Dr. Fada's actions as a type of horrific torture and fraud. So the medical fraud goes on more than people want to believe. Okay, you question everything out there when you when you hear something. Now, recently, a former Iowa State University researcher, Dong Pao Han, was sentenced to five years in prison because he had um, faked HIV experimental results. He um, he uh, mixed human antibodies with rabbit blood to make the experiment appear successful. And as a result, millions of dollars of government grant money were spent on his his uh, tests and uh, taxpayer money was wasted. So, hey, isn't the medical motto, first do no harm? Actually, it's, you know, show me the money, apparently. All right, moving on in the crack report. Uh, Bill Gates is rolling out his remote-control microchip-based sterilization for women. Uh, Yes, Gates has developed a computer chip uh, technology that will serve as um, population control reduction through, um, it's a type of, you know, birth control. So as reported in the activist post, um, uh, this new medical microchip implant will be introduced to the general population to serve as a um, medicine uh, product, biotech product, nanotechnology, wireless remote technology. Um, same developers that bring you wireless remote controlled implants are now focused on producing this um, type of birth control microchip implant. Uh, so through wireless technology allows for remotely controlled chips to activate woman's ability to either conceive or not to conceive to prevent at will which amounts to pretty much temporary sterilization, doesn't it? So the chips are encrypted, so it prevents hacking or overriding of the chip. So the microchip implant will be put in either to the arm, hip, or back area of women. It is developed, it was kept under wraps. Uh, researchers and scientists kind of worked under the radar on this for a couple of years until the beta testing turned out to be successful. And they are going to launch this um, to chip women by 2000, at the end of 2015, so the end of this year. So the chip is expected to um, remain active and working for about 16 years once it's implanted. So let's say, let's say you put it in um, a 20-year-old. So, she, you know, she, she may not be able to conceive until after she's, what, 36? Think about this. So while the target population, they say, is the poor, you know, because the poor shouldn't have um, – 
the the, the right to have children because they're poor, apparently, under Bill Gates' foundation. Third world women. Hey, these people don't have technology. Uh, they don't have the money for that. So this whole technology is ripe for abuse. So what's the what's the purpose of preventing it from being hacked or overwritten if third world poor people can't afford technology to do that? Think about these things. So how many third world populations have in their technology capability the power to resist any of this? So uh, Bill Gates probably never thought that he'd become rich enough to hold the power of life in his hand. Mm-hmm. Moving along, last but not least in the quack report, we're going to talk about wind turbines to help with uh, power, green energy, as they say. Apparently, the wind turbines may emit brain disruption, ultrasound pollution. Uh, since these wind farms are, were first introduced, it's become increasingly apparent that there seems to be some problems, health problems that are associated with them. Uh, they have been responsible for a lot of bird deaths. Millions of birds have died. Also, the chemicals used to manufacture the equipment for these turbines, anyway, any, far from being green energy for that. So people who live near these turbines have experienced a lot of negative physical and psychological effects. And recently, it was kind of unclear until recently what was causing these effects. So among the reported um, side effects were sleep disturbances and a decline in overall performance. So infrasound waves created by these wind turbine rotors might be the cause of this negative effect on humans. But advocates for wind energy say that this is a low-frequency sound. It's below the range of the human ear to detect, so it can't possibly be affecting us. But, however, researchers now have proven that humans are capable of detecting sound at frequencies lower than 8 hertz. And that low-frequency sound, uh, that's a type that it's emitted by the wind turbines, um, have a measurable and observable impact on human brains. So Dr. Christian Koch of the Max Planck Institute for Human Development in Berlin, he headed up the research, and he says these sounds are considered very low for any human here to detect, but it is still registered in the primary auditory cortex of the brain. So this part of the brain, as he says, is responsible for translating sounds into meaning sort of like a telegraph, he says. So the researchers also found that another part of our brain also is associated with these sounds, and it's the area that handles emotions in the brain. So they think that um, with their experiments have shown that the sounds, these low-frequency ranges, um, are considered inaudible to humans, but the brain picks it up and is trying to make sense of it. So, you know, this would actually uh, explain the ringing in the ears, the tinnitus, people that live within five miles of these turbine farms experience, because the brain is the organ that does the sound check on your hearing and not the ear itself. So it seems to be doing a continuous sound check on the hearing when there is this continuous low-frequency sound wave. Hmm. So FYI out there, if you're living near those turbines. And that wraps the quack report. Nick, 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 nick. Oh, thank you, Frank. All right, we're going to be talking about the shingles vaccine. You know, I've 
we talked about shingles just recently on the show, but, you know, we haven't really talked about the vaccine that came out. Um, you know, most people are, are kind of beginning to understand that there are really no safe vaccines. And scientific medicine is really pushing the shingles vaccine on people over the age of 50. So patients uh, agree to the risk of the side effects the shingles vaccine may offer in exchange for the promise of protection from getting shingles. So does this vaccine actually provide the patient protection from shingles? And is there really another way to prevent or deal with the shingles outbreak that can be resolved in just a few days? Well, we're going to take a look and let's, let's check this out. So what is it really? What exactly is shingles? Well, it's a it's the Varsilla roster virus, which causes the chicken pox. And this pesky childhood disease can actually lie dormant after the person recovers from the initial outbreak. So the virus will, you know, settle on the nerve tissue, and specifically the cerebral ganglia or the cranial nerves and the posterior nerve roots. And as we get older, the virus can actually give us shingles when we get stressed out or our immune system gets low. So as a reactivated virus spreads out, it continues to multiply in the ganglia nerves and it destroys the host neuron while it travels down to the sensory nerves of the skin. And this would explain why shingles is worse than having the chicken pox because you will have an outbreak with blisters and this can be very, very painful. So let's look at some of the statistics. So are the stats really the scare tactic? Um, well, medicine would have, a, have the public believe that if you have had chickenpox, the risk is high that you will develop painful shingles at least once in your lifetime. So you're told that there is a 2 in 10 chance that a person that's had the chickenpox will actually get the shingles. In the United States, they say half a million people get the shingles every year. That's about 1,500 people a day. So people over the age of 50 tend to get shingles most likely because their immune system gets a little weaker. And most uh, doctor offices and pharmacies, you know, they have these huge signs that says, come in and get your shingle shot. You know, it's almost like, you know, step up to the bar, boys, and take a shot, you know. Well, let's look at the shingles vaccine a little bit more closely. The vaccine safety data link study that was published in March 2014 their results were uh, published in the Journal of the Internal Medicine. Um, it stated that the shingles vaccine is safe. Is it really safe? Well, according to Dr. Julian Whitaker of the Whitaker Wellness Institute, the study in the journal is questionable. The study was conducted by the CDC and Kaiser Permanente Insurance, and he states that the research published says there was only a small increased risk of local reaction where there's redness and pain at the injection site a week within getting the vaccine. So the researchers also stated there was no risk of contracting meningitis, cerebrovascular disease, cardiovascular disease, encephalitis, which is swelling of the brain, uh, Bell's palsy, and Ramsey-Hunt syndrome. Mind you, this study was conducted on the vaccine safety after it had been in use on the market since 2006. So according to Dr. Whitaker, there's really no evidence that the shingles vaccine prevents future or repeat outbreaks, yet it's being marketed as, as such. So patients need to keep in mind that the shingles vaccine costs $220 per shot. 
And shingles is not a life-threatening disease, but it is painful. So the National Vaccine Information Center states, and it's on their website, that the shingles vaccine is a live virus made by Merck. It is recommended for adults over 50. They reported that the side effects from the vaccine overall are pain and redness and swelling at the injection site, a zoster-like rash, headache, joint and muscle pain, fever, abdominal, abnormal, excuse me, abnormal swelling, uh, swollen glands, and anaphylactic shock. So they also reported a 51% effectiveness. Well, the mass inoculation program for chickenpox is believed to have brought on an increase in the shingles in adults. And Merck really has simply repackaged the chickenpox vaccine, making it 14 times stronger, and then they call it the shingles vaccine. Did you catch that? Did you, did you catch that? So your shingles vaccine is really the chickenpox vaccine 14 times magnified. And the public is really not informed of this by their physician. Let's, who's at risk? Well, people over 50 who have weak immune systems, people with HIV, people with on chemotherapy or radiation treatments, uh, transplant patients because they're on immune suppression, suppressant drugs, those experiencing a lot of stress uh, should avoid the shingles vaccine and really all vaccines. Uh, those that take the chickenpox vaccine are also at risk because they are intentionally injecting the virus into the bloodstream. So the CDC is stating that pregnant women or women who may become pregnant within three months should not get the shingles vaccine. They also say leukemia or lymphoma patients or anyone with a bone marrow disorder should also avoid this dangerous vaccine. Alerts are also included for anyone who is currently sick or feverish should not be vaccinated. People with allergic reactions to horse or bovine serum gelatin, or even an antibiotic called neomycin should avoid this vaccine, and we'll get into all that in just a minute. Wow, a lot of uh, avoid uh, alerts there. So what's in the vaccine? Yeah, other than the uh, Arcilla zoster live virus and some uh, gelatin and an antibiotic ingredient called neomycin, hmm, what is in this vaccine? Well, maybe we should check the package insert. Let's do that. On the package insert, the Zostavax vaccine is a lipophilicized preparation of the Merck strain of live attenuated Barsicilla zoster virus. And the Zostavax vaccine, when it's reconstituted as directed, is a sterile non-suspension for subcutaneous administration. In other words, it's injectable through a syringe. Each 0.65 milliliter doses contain a minimum of 19,400 plague-forming units. <laughs> so uh, uh, the, the, the Merck strain that they've developed, when it's reconstituted and stored at room temperature uh, for up to 30 minutes, uh, then uh, a dose can be, be given. Each dose will have 31.16 milligrams of sucrose, 15.58 milligrams of hydrolyzed porcine gelatin, 3.99 milligrams of sodium chloride, 0.62 milligrams of monosodium glutamate or MSG, 
0.57 milligrams of sodium phosphate diabetic and 0.10 milligrams of potassium phosphate monobasic and 0.10 milligrams of potassium chloride. Now, it also has residual components of MRC-5 cells, which include DNA and protein. It also has trace quantities of neomycin antibiotic and bovine calf serum. So the product contains, they say, no preservatives. All right, so you may be asking, what exactly is the ingredient MCR5 cell with DNA and protein? Well, before we get to that ingredient, let's not leave out the others. Your MSG is known as a neurotoxin when it's injected directly into the blood system, causing nervous system diseases and brain damage. The gelatin is derived collagen from pig skin and bones. The hydrolyzed porcine gelatin can increase the risk of infection from synthetic growth hormones, which most people have in their body. And MCR cells with DNA and protein are derived from aborted human fetuses. So according to the National Vaccine Information Center, most of the vaccines for children have aborted human fetal proteins and altered DNA and genetically modified human blood in them. So this could explain why there's a dramatic increase in asthma, allergies, autism, digestive disorders, diabetes, obesity, toxic shock, and sudden death. So vaccines are most likely a major source of internal medicine diseases worldwide. And this would guarantee the pharmaceutical industry and your medical establishment an endless stream of patients. So as we get older, our immune system can weaken. And the shingles vaccine has an antibiotic in it, which suppresses your immune system. And health authorities are saying, if your immune system is weak, you shouldn't take the shingles vaccine. So little do patients realize the vaccine is designed to weaken the immune system. So the MRC5 cell line was developed in September 1966 for, from a lung tissue taken from a 14-week fetus aborted for, uh, uh, for psychiatric reasons from a 27-year-old physically healthy woman. So they've cultured this tissue for like almost, what, 50 years? And they've been using it in your vaccines to compromise and corrupt cell DNA and the human immune system. So we got some bogus benefits to deal with. Uh, the shingles vaccine is marketed to help prevent shingles outbreaks and also resolve the nerve pain associated with shingles. So research and historical use of the shingles vaccine has doctors setting this record straight on the bogus benefits of this treatment. Uh, let's see what one doctor has noticed. This is Dr. David Brownstein, medical doctor. He says Merck touts a 39% decline with the use of the vaccine. Further analysis of the data, though, might lead you to a different conclusion. Approximately 0.4% of the unvaccinated persons versus the 0.14% of vaccinated people develop prostherapeutic neuralgia or nerve pain. So the 39% decline is less than accurate. And if we looked at the more accurate absolute risk, we come up with a decline of 0.2% uh, 
uh, to, uh, 0.26% of n- neuralgia nerve pain in those who were vaccinated. So it's, it's, it's a minuscule benefit, if that. Okay, 0.26%. That's a way far off from 39%, wouldn't you say? Well, we've talked about how they manipulate the numbers in their research, make it look better than it is, because they've invested all this money in, in it, so they, they can't let that go to waste. Now, the shingles vaccine costs, as I said, $220 per shot, and it would be more effective to use money, put that money towards natural sources to boost your immune system for prevention. And according to Dr. Weston Price, we should improve overall immune function, which is what truly prevents the shingles in the first place. There you go. Well, what are some of the symptoms? Well, some symptoms will not get um, diagnosed. Uh, some, some doctors miss the shingles symptoms because they early symptoms tend to mimic other conditions like diabetic peripheral neuropathy, the flu, maybe appendicitis or pleurisy. So early symptoms include your fever, have this overall weak feeling, but within two to four days, a burning sensation and shooting pain and tingling or itching on one side of the body or your face will appear. So the pain normally lasts about four weeks, and the rash or blisters appear usually within 14 days, and they contain this clear pussy type fluid. The blisters will scab over in about 10 days after appearing, but you want to be careful not to rupture the blisters or they become more infected. So each infection will enlarge the lymph nodes and can also become infected as well. So with disease sometimes appearing on your face, there's a risk of complications involving hearing or vision. And if the shingles virus reaches the cornea, it can become infected. So there's a chance that you may have temporary or permanent blindness. Dizziness and loss of taste are also common symptoms, but in rare occurrences, if the infection encompasses your central nervous system, muscle atrophy and motor paralysis can occur. Another symptom that can occur is considered a residual symptom, and it's called post-herpatic neuralgia, which you know is persistent nerve pain from the shingles lingering for months or even years after the outbreak is resolved. And this usually happens with the elderly patients because their immune system is a lot lower. More symptoms, if you get our newsletter, or as a hot link uh, in our newsletter on this for more symptoms that, you know, there's just not room to publish, okay? Um, So you you could read the full list, which is long, and you want to inject shingles vaccine live virus into your bloodstream? My goodness. All right, so what does modern medicine do? Uh, Well, the shingles vaccine was developed using taxpayer money via the National Shingles Prevention Study conducted at the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. And oddly enough, some doctors recommended their patients use capsicum, which is cayenne, uh, a source of hotness, hot peppers, for pain instead. Real cayenne will numb your nerve endings, and it offers comfort from the pain. I also like to add ginger root to the cayenne for inflammation and pain to the small capillaries. So if you want to use liquid cayenne, they also notice that it helps everything scab over and it heals without leaving any scars. Oh, I see by the time we got to take a break. i got a little bit more on this topic. When we come back, more enlightening news. We'll be right back. 
into the original medicine. Herbalist Wendy Wilson will be right back. Don't make the aspirin mistake. Aspirin was discovered by mistake during World War II and suppresses your immune system and prevents blood clotting. Don't expose your body to risk when you can use a natural inflammation and pain reliever called Extra Strength Pain Relief by Apothecary Herbs. Discover the power this formula has with Salicin to enter the system in 60 seconds to work hard and relieve pain for 12 hours. Whether it's arthritis, sports injury, or flu, you can relieve aches, pain, and swelling with our Extra Strength Pain Relief Formula. Call Apothecary Herbs now, toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704 704- 875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. Henry Ford, the automobile. And herbalist Wendy Wilson? Well, discover for yourself. Listen to Herb Talk live. Job stress, financial obligations, or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs' emotional stress formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll-free, 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3 wsthepowerherbscom American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. With our current economy, there's no time to lose. Apothecary Herbs has their own version of the stimulus package. It includes sending you highly potent and certified organic herbal products at a 15% discount. 
Here's how it works. Mail in your order using our catalog order form, online downloadable order form, or if shopping on our website at thepowerherbs.com, print off the contents of your shopping cart, subtract 15%, add your shipping fee, and mail it in with your payment. Get well and save money. What could be better than that? Order by mail now and save 15%. Call Apothecary Herbs for a free product catalog, toll free, 866-229-3663, international 704-875-8010, or online, thepowerherbs.com. break we were talking about um some solutions and we're going to get to all those good things you know if you if if you have the shingles virus it's really um prudent of you uh to avoid starches and sugars because those those foods will feed the virus and um it's not good for your central nervous system when that happens the starches also create a lot of mucus and prevent toxins from being removed from the body However, you can have natural juices that have no added sugars in them. And if you want to use a sweetener, a little honey or stevia would be fine. Um, Now, for hot beverages, um, you can add the honey and stevia, too. And then you may also want to consider a detox system program. Uh, If it were me, I would do the natural therapy detox. I would actually detox the last stages of toxin removal as the body fights the, the virus. And the vaccine, I would use the bowel cleanse, the liver gallbladder cleanse, and the blood cleanse. Definitely those cleanses. And um, other things that you can do is immune boosting because your immune system is going to aid you in eradicating this infection. Echinacea root will help the body make more killer killer T cells or macrophages. And astragalus root can also be used. Um, also, don't neglect barberry because uh, scientific medicine has said that there's an alkaloid in barberry called barberine that is um, anti-shingles virus. So it also kills staph, strep, diarrhea, and salmonella. So barberry is an excellent herb to have on hand. Relaxation of your central nervous system will help you heal faster. So when the body's uptight, it, it locks up. So you can relax the system with some herbs like um, lobelia, valerian root. Uh, the folks at Apothecary Herbs have those formulas as well as the cleanses and the barberry. You can check that out. They also have the liquid cayenne for healing the tenderness of those nerve endings for pain. They also have pain management, so a lot of anti-inflammatory pain herbs that you can use, and also vitamin power for the nervous system to rebuild and repair. So lots of natural protein and vitamin B in their plant formula called Body Food Mix. But here's the thing they also have. They have a shingles kit, okay? So you can purchase this shingles kit, 
And um, if you have the shingles, you can um, get over it in just a few days. That's usually the feedback we get from folks. Um, or you can have it on hand just in case, you know. And um, if, if you tend to have a real acute uh, 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 case of the shingles, uh, then we can add some other formulas that we, there tend to be more nervine in base. So, but uh, there's, there's a little wiggle room in there in, in tailoring that kit if you need help. You also want to um, uh, drink lots of water per day, lots of fluids, a gallon a day to help flush this virus. And avoid caffeine and alcohol. It'll dehydrate the system, and it converts more to sugar to feed the virus. Now, mullein herb is also excellent to soothe those lymph node glands that may swell. So there's lots that you can do there. Uh, You can can get on the website, the powerherbs.com website, and check out the tab called Shingles Be Gone. Check that out. It's also in their catalog. If you want a free product catalog, you give them a call at 866-229-366. Three eight six six two two nine three six six three, and if you're outside the U.S., seven zero four eight eight five zero two seven seven, or visit them online at thepowerherbs.com. Thepowerherbs.com. That's where your healthcare options just became endless. Stay away from that vaccine, folks. That's what I would do if I was you, and um, you know, empower yourself. Definitely strengthen that immune system. You got a strong immune system. A lot of these childhood diseases, chickenpox or shingles, not even an issue. That immune system God developed and gave you is pretty powerful, just as long as you don't um, undermine it. So let, let's not do that. Um, your herbs are here for the service of man, according to the Lord, and they're meat, and I believe that. So they're powerful to assist your immune system rebuild and repair and become strong. Now, um, Coming up this weekend on thepowerherbs.com. Now, if you're online um, and if you've registered at checkout, you already are enrolled in their points redemption or reward program. So you get points when you purchase things and you can redeem them for savings. Uh, So this weekend is a double reward point weekend. So if you're shopping this weekend, you will earn double points. Mm. So that's cool. So that's thepowerherbs.com. Now, if you're not into points and this and that, well, they do have coupons on their website. You can always inquire about the coupons that they have that you can apply to your order either on the phone, through the mail, or uh, when you're shopping on their website. So check out their coupons. If you're on the website, it's the green button, left-hand corner. It says Herb Coupons. Just click on that. All right. Uh, We're going to shift gears, and we're going to talk about alfalfa. Alfalfa is an anti-cancer nutrient. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. It's got natural vitamin B17, which is um, nitrilocyte, okay? Um, so let's talk about alfalfa just a little bit here. Um, we've talked about it before. Animals love alfalfa, one of those foods um, that helps them stay safe and they eat it. Alfalfa is really one of those animal foods they can't get enough of. It's indigenous to the Middle East and Asia as well as the United States. However, it's been traced to its origins in the Americas where they fed it to thoroughbred horses because of its healing properties. So the Arabs also call alfalfa the alfalfa makkah, which is known as the father of all herbs. So they fed alfalfa to their horses to make them really swift and strong. But by the 16th century, alfalfa had made its way to England, and in 1736, the British brought alfalfa to North America during the establishment of the 13 colonies. 
Now, it, it was the Spanish that introduced alfalfa to the people of the Great Plains as a, a forage crop. And the Chinese discovered a few of alfalfa's nutritional and medicinal benefits. So the Chinese people, after observing cattle eating and loving alfalfa, they investigated this blue-greenish leafy plant with its yellow flower. So initially, the Chinese included alfalfa as a vegetable dish and also used alfalfa sprouts as a food. Later, they discovered it was a wonderful kidney and digestive aid. And the people of Colombia, they also used alfalfa to treat cough. Mm. So what are some of the early discoveries on alfalfa? Well, the British herbalist John Gerard uh, he used alfalfa for stomach upset in 1597. And while they didn't know why the alfalfa worked so well to heal digestive problems, and it wasn't until much later that a biologist by the name of Frank Boyer, he discovered that alfalfa contained eight amino acids. Our body needs amino acids to help convert protein into energy to our cells. So the human body needs 22 amino acids to do that. So without them, we can't really grow, we can't repair cells, we can't maintain good health. So our body can manufacture on its own 11 of the 22 amino acids. The rest are known as essential amino acids, and they have to come from your foods. So if you don't get enough amino acids in your foods, your body begins to break down muscle tissue for protein. And unless you replace the amino acids in your diet, you're going to not build muscle mass despite increasing your exercise. Well, let's talk about nutritional benefits. Alfalfa has a lot of nutritional benefits. It contains four times the amount of vitamin C than it does in citrus. It also has one and a half times more protein than whole grains with only half the carbohydrate found in grains. And we can't forget alfalfa also contains rich chlorophyll, which is an alkaline. It also makes it easy on the digestive foods. So, um, you know, you want to watch that pH and not get too acidic. So alfalfa is very alkaline in the system. Now, since alfalfa has chlorophyll, it sweetens your breath from uh, stomach, from the stomach upward. It also contains vitamin A, vitamin B, D, E, and G, and also vitamin K. And alfalfa has this uncanny balance of calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, chlorine, 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 sodium, potassium, and silicon. So what's the big deal with that and these nutrients? Well, they're specifically balanced for various organs of your body. So the Chinese noticed that alfalfa will help the elderly be more resistant to infections and sickness. So uh, helps the immune system out. Okay, so let's get on the record here when it comes to alfalfa. Alfalfa has been known to help with the following diseases. Bladder inflammation, droopsy or fluid retention, heart disease, sinusitis, lung disorders, various digestive problems as we mentioned, arthritis, hair problems, high blood pressure, to just to name a few. Now, for the record, the Spanish changed the name to alfalfa from the Arab alfalfa. And I'm also um, uh, glad because, uh, you know, to produce a lot of, uh, you know, it's hard to pronounce that, basically. So they changed it to just alfalfa. They shortened it. That's how it got named. 
from the Spanish did that. So after the Civil War, alfalfa fell from common use and really didn't regain its popularity until the 1970s as a salad ingredient. So let's look at what else alfalfa can do. It can stimulate your appetite. So, you know, people that are anorexic definitely need some alfalfa. However, the scientific data on alfalfa puts the herb in the heart and cancer healing category. Some of the research even suggests that it's very beneficial for stroke patients. Now, according to animal studies using alfalfa, it helps reduce cholesterol and decrease play, uh, plaque deposits in the arteries and veins. Now, a study also distinguished between alfalfa herb and alfalfa sprouts, finding that the sprouts also had similar action but not as powerful as the full herb. So the British medical journal called Lancet published a study using alfalfa in human patients and found similar results as the animal studies did. However, they weren't prepared to discover that alfalfa worked even better in humans who ate large amounts of alfalfa. Another study reported alfalfa neutralized intestinal cancer. The Journal of the National Cancer Institute published findings that alfalfa also binds carcinogens in the colon and helps the body to eliminate the cancer. Another study showed alfalfa kills fungi. And you also want to take note that alfalfa seeds contain more potent concentrations of the chemical amino acid cannabine, and it can be toxic in large amounts. So I prefer to use alfalfa herb. Pregnant nursing women should avoid alfalfa seeds and the herb as they can cause a miscarriage. Pioneer women would use alfalfa herb to stimulate their menstrual cycle. However, alfalfa is not an efficient contraceptive. Also, alfalfa is not the FD, on the FDA's grass list, generally recognized as safe, which is um, part of why, you know, you're not hearing the cancer people say use alfalfa and get well. Um, so basically, you know, alfalfa draws up the nutrition out of the soil and uh, it absorbs the vitamins and minerals in it, and, and that's how you get well. Mm. Uh, so should you or shouldn't you eat alfalfa? Well, to most, alfalfa is basically a grass, and it tastes like chamomile. Unless you are pregnant or nursing or have an autoimmune disease, alfalfa is really a nutritional and a medicinal herb that you may want to tap into. So we live in times where, you know, we think we should investigate things to protect ourselves. So, you know, check out alfalfa, see if it's right for you. Uh, Thomas Jefferson said, I predict future happiness for Americans if they can prevent the government from wasting the labors of the people under the pretense of taking care of them. You got to take care of you. That's your job. God said you have to be, you know, self-supportive, self-sufficient, responsible. And that's all our duty right there. You have to do that. So if you're interested in, you know, checking out alfalfa, you know, uh, putting it into your diet regimen, uh, alfalfa is included in the Body Foundation food mix that the folks at Apothecary Herbs make, so you can check that out. Uh, you just add this protein mix. It's all plant-based. It's certified organic. You just uh, add it to your favorite juice and um, or smoothie, and uh, you can get your alfalfa that way. And it's um, you don't even notice it's there. Awesome stuff. 
Oh, and by the way, the folks on the PowerHerbs.com website, Apothecary Herbs, they have finally got their um, PDF, Kindle, and iPad formats of the Power Herbs book up there for downloads. So if you go to the Books and Newsletters tab and you select the Power Herbs book, there's a drop-down list of which format you need. Do you want PDF, iPad, or Kindle? You select the one you want, and uh, then when you check out, you get a download link to that book that you can download to your device. Um, Right now, I think it's the first 10 people uh, that purchase will uh, get $4.99 off, so the book is regularly $14.99, so you'll get the book for just $10. And uh, so you can check that out on thepowerherbs.com. They have a big banner on the homepage. You can check that out there. All right, so we've got a few minutes, so we're going to talk about parasites. Um, a lot of foodborne risks out there. Um, no one likes really to even think about uh, parasites, um, but America has an increasing problem with them. Uh, more people are discovering that their digestive ailments are really from parasites. It could be roundworms, flukes, pinworms, tapeworms. Some worms are so alien-like in appearance that laboratories have to determine which species so doctors can prescribe the right medicine. So we are kind of used to hearing about third-world countries having these kinds of problems, but now the U.S. is not immune to this, and lately more cases are cropping up. So it's estimated that one in five people have parasites in the United States. Although, you know, death by parasite, not really that lethal, but death by allopathic medicine, by war, car accidents, you know, claims more lives than parasites. But still, every year about 4,000 people are hospitalized because they have parasites. Well, let's look at the risk. Uh, We can contract parasites from food, water, soil, infected people, And a majority of the parasite infections are from person-to-person or eating infected food. So the foods that contain the highest risk are going to be uncooked fish, shellfish, undercooked meats like pork, uh, raw aquatic plants such as watercress and raw vegetables that are contaminated with either human or animal feces. So some foods can become contaminated with service workers practicing poor hygiene or that have served from unsanitary establishments. So people with weak immune systems and pregnant women are at a higher risk of complications if they have parasites. So what are some of the symptoms? Well, the symptoms from parasites can vary depending on what kind of parasite you have. However, the common symptoms are diarrhea, bloating, pain, coughing, skin lesions, weight loss, restlessness, lethargic behavior, insomnia, and infections. So the early stages of getting parasites can cause flu-like symptoms with severe headaches, which can cause damage to the brain, your eyes, and even internal organs. So here's some signs that you want to look for if you have some unwanted worms making you sick. These worms can release toxins into your blood system and uh, make you sicker. Here's some of the signs. If you're constipated, you have diarrhea, gas, bloating, or symptoms that sound like irritable bowel syndrome. Um, you, also, if after traveling abroad, you come down with what is called traveler's diarrhea. Check that out. Also, if you're suffering food poisoning lately and your digestion has not been right, you might want to get checked for parasites. 
insomnia or difficulty falling asleep and waking up during the night many times can be an indicator. Skin irritations or unexplained rashes, hives, or eczema or rosacea could actually be from parasites. A grinding your teeth at night while you're asleep, as well as ache, aching and painful muscles or joints, uh, fatigue, exhaustion, apathy, or depression, never feel full after you eat. If you have an iron deficiency, also known as anemia, or if you have a mood changes where you have lots of anxiety, these could all be indicators. So when parasites release their toxins, it puts the body under a lot of stress and anxiety and usually causes wakefulness during the night, makes you grind your teeth, and when toxins affect your neurotransmitters in your brain, it can cause a change in your mood and also cause skin irritations. So let's lower the risk. So when you're cooking your meats, it's recommended to cook them at least 150 to 165 degrees Fahrenheit, depending on your meat. Microwave cooking the meat will not guarantee the temperatures are sufficient to kill parasites. So when washing your hands and your surfaces, be diligent, especially in between several courses of food preparation. Also, medical tests for parasites are stool and blood samples. Now, the comprehensive tests are better than the conventional tests when you're trying to detect the parasites. Both tests can check for parasites and eggs, but the conventional test is limited and cannot pick up any dormant parasites. So the comprehensive test that medicine can give you is more sensitive and checks for parasite DNA, which means if the parasite is alive, dormant, or dead, it will be detected. So these tests can usually detect the identity of 17 different species of parasites. And this is kind of important if you want an allopathic medicine doctor to prescribe the right drug to kill your infection, if that's the way you want to go. So what do doctors do if they can't identify the parasite and they don't know what drug to use? Well, they usually resort to using herbs for their broad-spectrum action against parasites. Herbalists call these herbs firmifuges to expel parasites and vermins to destroy the worm eggs. So it, it, it tend, it, we tend to use several herbs as herbalists. Um, tinctures of black walnut with a natural iodine, garlic juice with a natural sulfur, parasites don't like that. We also use gentian root tincture to help sure it kills all the parasites in the lower bowel. Worms are parasites and cannot be starved, so you want to eat some foods that they don't like, like onions, garlic, pickles, salty fish. Like they'll go a-running. So if you have a tapeworm, this will actually loosen its grip, and you can expel it a lot easier. Now, if you have hookworms from eating unclean or poorly cooked pork, add oil nectar americanus, and it's like uh, tinctures rather than teas. They're going to be more power to them, so use that. Using your tinctures, you'll be using more aggressive, larger doses, like one to two teaspoons, to destroy and kill worms, rather than the smaller doses just to expel them. So if there's a skin irritation or rash, we usually use olive oil and beeswax. It will help with the itching and also add a little chickweed, also great for getting rid of the itch. Now, some other herbs that may assist you in your parasite removal would be wormwood, whorehound, pomegranate, pumpkin seeds, hyssop, mullein, fennel, rue, and cayenne. 
So if you're looking for um, some of these herbs, you can definitely find them on the PowerHerbs.com website, or you can give them a call, get a, uh, their toll-free number, and call for a free product catalog and be really powerful out there uh, for parasite removal. The number is 866-229-3663, 866-229-3663. And just be real careful out there when you're cooking meats, especially, you know, uh, I don't see how people can eat raw fish. I really would be scared to death. I know sushi is a popular thing, but mm-mm-mm. Not when it comes to those parasites that you can find in uncooked seafood. Definitely a risk factor there. So be careful. Be careful. Get some gentian root. <laughs> get some Get some garlic. Get some of that stuff going and uh, protect yourself out there. Um, don't forget... Uh, double weekend redemption or reward points coming up on thepowerherbs.com this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So when you shop, you'll earn twice the number of points and save on your purchases. So if you're registered online, you are automatically enrolled in the reward points program. Easy to do. At checkout, just register. Name and address. Your information is protected and is not sold or given away to anybody. So uh, just get some reports. Get some savings. Uh, herb coupons are also up there on the website. So lots of ways to save. And have a great weekend. The information presented is not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure disease. So seek medical advice if you dare from a licensed medical physician before using any product or therapy. I'm your herbalist, Wendy Wilson. Until next time, be well. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, and Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Messiah's Branch Prophecy Hour. We are broadcasting live from the Flint Hills of Kansas, and we're on the American Voice Radio Network. Today's date is July 23rd, Turmoil. Most just do not realize it, but we are in that time of the end, and that's the time before Messiah's glorious return. It's time to get out of sin, the world, and look to the holy city. Look to the one who suffered and died for you. Hear the sound of the shofar. Hear the warning. Get right before it's too late. Please make this choice tonight. 
If you need help after this program, call me. I pray for you or with you. If you get the machine, please leave your name, your number, your prayer request, and or message. The phone number, of course, is 620-878-4682. 620-878-4682. In an emergency, my cell phone number is 316-619-4886. You can always find updates of the breaking news, our ministry, radio program archives, and our mailing address on our blog, which is Prophecy hour.com prophecyhour.com is like a hub for all of our ministry activities which we do a lot of different things different radio programs homeless and poor mission mission church anyway check us out at prophecyhour.com that's really smartphone friendly and so go over there and check it out now about prayer requests i've been saying this last couple weeks and i really think it's a good idea um, we had a fellow send me a letter in the mail, and he needed prayer. So we anointed the letter and prayed for it at, at service on Friday night. Well, I'm offering that to you. If you want to send me a letter with your prayer request in it, I mean, you can reach me by phone. But, you know, if you write out, write it out and you send it to me with your return address, on, we'll anoint it, pray over it. And uh, then we will send, actually, you don't even have to pay for the stamp. We'll send it back to you. And if you want to email me one, and we'll do the same thing. Uh, if you can include your address and you want it back after it's been anointed and prayed on, then we'll send it back to you. So uh, there's some different ways that we're here for you, as we try to be. As the time draws closer and closer with all the crazy things happening, um, we need to be here, one, each one for another. Anyway. Now prayer, and we'll bring on tonight's guests, and we'll have some fun. Dear Heavenly Father, in Yeshua HaMashiach's name I pray. Father, I pray that radio tonight goes according to your will, not mine. And please give everyone out their ears in which to hear the truth. So in your mighty name, same, Son's name, Yeshua HaMashiach, Father, please bless this program tonight. Amen and amen. Well, tonight, um, we have a best-selling author on with us. He's been on with us before. He's been a senior pastor since 1987, talk radio host nationally and internationally, TV, radio guest, commentator, former decorated Florida law enforcement officer. And every once in a while, you'll hear me talk phone about that. He's the founder of PNN, that's PPS, PP Simmons News and Ministry Network, and he's a member of the Board of Regents of the University of Mobile, and Mobile, where? Alabama, of course. Carl is, we're talking about uh, Pastor Carl Gallup. He's written three books now, The Rabbi Who Found Messiah, The Story of Yusar Kaduri, and His Prophecies of the End Time, The Magic Man in the Sky, Effectively Defending the Christian Faith, and his new book, Final Warning, of which Carl brought forward some amazing facts from his must-read book several times on this program. Uh, specifically, one program we did was just about the trumpets. It was a dynamite program, and most all Carl's programs. Well, he's going to hear me say that most all Carl pro, all pro, all of Carl's programs are pretty dynamite. So let's bring on Carl tonight and see if we can pick on him or see what we can get out of him. Are you there with me, Carl? Man, I am here. Thank you for that lovely introduction. God bless you, brother. Yeah, amen. Well, Carl, I heard something uh, today, or I noticed today. I hear that you're calling for sanctuary cities. Yeah. I, I Listen, uh, thank you for asking me about that. I, I just wrote an article on it today, although I have been speaking about it, and that is this. 
Look, uh, in fact, in the article that I wrote, uh, you can go to my website, carlgallops.com, and watch the slides going across, and you'll see the, uh, the, the, um, the slide that links you to that article. And in that article, uh, the Washington Examiner uh, ran the story that the federal government, uh, Department of Homeland Security, has made it clear that they, quote, cannot do anything about these sanctuary cities who are harboring these illegal aliens and thwarting our federal uh, immigration laws. And listen, I don't pretend to be a, uh, an attorney or, a, you know, a, a, a constitutional lawyer or an immigration lawyer. I know that these things are complex and intricate, but here's the bottom line, and I think all of your listeners will, will understand this and everybody in America. We have a problem with our borders. They are broken. Uh, they're open like a sieve. We've got dangerous people coming in. The man in the White House is purposely bringing in hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of Muslims from all over the world, scattering them around our nation. Now we've got all manner of people coming in on the borders, and we've got, quote, sanctuary cities, Brother Dan, around the nation, mainly out west, um, where the city fathers and county fathers are saying, listen, we're going to harbor these illegal, that's, they're called illegal immigrants for a reason, uh, that we're going to harbor them, and we're going to offer them sanctuary here, and we're going to keep them safely, and we're not going to deport them, and we're not going to turn them in to the Department of Homeland Security or Immigration Nationalization Services. So, so they're just thwarting our laws, and they're filling our nation with illegals. Now, so here's my proposal, okay? <laughs> the federal government has said that they cannot or will not do anything about it. So they're going to let these cities and counties thumb their nose at federal laws. So I say, let's go. Listeners, listen to me now. I'm dead serious. This is not a joke, and I'm not okay. being sarcastic. Let us go to our city fathers, city commission, whatever you call it, city council, our county fathers, county commissioners, county council, whatever you call them, uh, to your state representatives and legislators. And especially if you live in particularly Republican areas or areas where they pride themselves in being conservative, go to these people and say, let's make our city a sanctuary city for unborn babies and for true marriage. Let us not have homosexual marriage in our city, and let us not have abortions performed in our city. We are going to be sanctuary cities for the unborn children and for true marriage. And people say, well, it's federal law. Well, listen, I know, and so are the uh, immigration laws. But the federal government says we're not going to mess with these sanctuary cities. So I'm saying let's create sanctuary cities for people who truly deserve to be protected, and that is biblical, historical marriage and the unborn child in the womb. And just in case people are thinking, well, that's that old song and dance, listen, Two videos have already been released all over national news about the abortion industry and the horrors that are going on. I understand there are over a dozen more that are yet to come. That Planned Parenthood is crumbling down. It's falling to pieces. Even Democrats, even liberals are turning on them. And I'm saying the womb of a turtle, which is an egg, the womb of an eagle, which is an egg, they are protected by federal laws. You go walk down a beach in Florida, that's where I live, and start right. stepping on turtle eggs. 
You climb up a tree and grab an eagle egg and throw it to the ground and see what the federal government does to you. But yet, they and we have sanctuaries. We have wildlife right. sanctuaries to protect the wildlife. And yet, we snatch children out of wombs and we cut their body parts up and sell them and ship them around the world. I mean, this has got to stop. And I'm saying, look, we've got the perfect legal precedent. And your listeners need to hear this. They need to go to city council. They need to go to county commission. They need to go to their state legislators. They need to go in groups, and they need to insist that we want to be a sanctuary city for unborn children, and we want to be a sanctuary city for real marriage. And that's my proposal. I'm sending it out all over the United States. I'm doing interviews on it. I'm writing articles on it. I'm begging God's people it's time for the church to stand up to get involved, to be the salt and the light. And this is we've been raised up for such a time as this. And if the federal government is boasting and bragging about how they're winking at these sanctuary cities that are thumbing their nose at our right. federal immigration and border laws, then let's us make a declaration in our city or our county or our state, you know what? We're going to be a sanctuary county. Uh, you want to come yeah. live here? We're going to do real marriages and only real marriages. You want to come live here? Uh, there will not be abortions. We're not going to do abortions of, conven abortions of convenience in our county. We're not going to be throwing children in the trash cans in our county. And just declare yourself, we are a sanctuary county or we're a sanctuary city. That's what I'm begging people to consider. All right, and I have a few comments on this. I was talking with Michael Schneider from the Economic Collapse blog last hour. We kind of touched on these subjects, but not sanctuary cities. Um, first off, Carl, you know why I, and why I laughed and, and said I was going to pick on you about it. Um, you know, it's absolutely a wonderfully great idea that you have. Um, I, that must be definitely Holy Spirit-inspired. Let's go with this. You know, I believe, as we talked about in the last hour, uh, a couple hours ago, um, two of the greatest things that's bringing judgment on this nation, well, first is, is abortion. You know, any time we saw in the Bible where children were being sacrificed and killed, you know, um, oh, yeah. it brought on God's wrath. Right? Oh, yeah. We're delivering our children to the fires of Molech right now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so then we top it off by turning the country into Sodom and Gomorrah. So, you know, we have these two big, great things that brings the Father's judgment on America, and yet you're giving people for their cities really a way out to maybe, you know, maybe even cushion them from that judgment. What do you think? Oh, yeah. I, that's exactly what my intention is, is to give God's people and America a way of 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 demonstrating to the Lord our our hearts. We're 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 not going to just sit on pews and sit behind our stained glass windows and wring our hands and 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 whine and moan and complain. We're going to say, look, we see what's happening in in these sanctuary cities. We see the response of the federal government. I'm begging your people, go read my article. I've got the link to the Washington Examiner where the DHS, Jay Johnson, Jay Johnson, J-E-H is his name, uh, the, the, head, the head of the Department of Homeland Security. He says, we're, we're not going to do anything about it. In other words, we're going to let them break the law. We're going to let them thwart our immigration laws. We're not going to do anything about it. And I'm saying, okay, while the government is in that frame of mind, 
let's just declare our cities as sanctuary cities for those who really deserve protection. Illegals do not deserve our protection, but a baby in a womb does. And, a, and the real marriage between a man and a woman, that deserves our protection. Let's, let's put our foot down and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to be a sanctuary city or a sanctuary county, or if you can get your state to do it, a sanctuary state. And just thumb our nose at the federal government and say, look, you know, your laws are ungodly, they're unbiblical, they're unholy, they're illegal. We're not going to follow them, and we're going to offer sanctuary. Yeah, amen. You know, it, 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 wow, I really like this idea. You know, we've heard we've heard Reverend Graham, you know, Billy Graham's son, come forward, and, and Dobson and some others said that, that uh, when – if gay marriage passed, they said it prior to it being passed, they said that, you know, that they weren't going to stand for it, that they weren't going to conform to the law. This would be a great thing for them to get on board with, because I'm with you. You know, really, we, the church, the body of Messiah in this country, in the Western world, has let things go on too far. They've been quiet too long, and they really need to say, you know, there needs to be a line drawn in the sand. Who are you going to serve this day? Back to you. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I have been saying ever since this illegal, uh, this illegal and unconstitutional rend- ruling of the Supreme Court, in fact, I think we're going to talk about that tonight, I believe. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, ever since that, ever since that, um, we, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Brother, what was your question? Please, I've got, I've got four things going on here at once. What was your question? Uh, wasn't really a question. I was saying that, um, you know, Bill, uh, Billy Graham's son and James Dobson and some other ones have, yes, got, yes. Or have came forward and said that they were not going to stand for this ruling if it happened. Well, it's happened. Yes. So this would be a good way for, you know, for them to get, you know what I mean, to get them involved. Yes. Yes, it would, and that's where I was going. I was agreeing with you because ever since this this uh, Supreme Court ruling, uh, it has been demonstrated from a legal standpoint to be illegal, and now I have demonstrated it from a constitutional and another legal standpoint using the words of the Supreme Court themselves. The same five judges that gave us gay marriage made a declaration two years ago that prohibits them from doing that. And it is it was in another decision. It's in writing. It is well documented. And it was just two years ago by the same five justices. And so I'm saying I'm I'm an Acts five kind of guy. You know, an Acts four and Acts five. I mean uh, I'm going to obey God rather than man. Now, listen, I was, a, I was a law enforcement officer for 10 years. I'm a law and order guy. I'm a constitutionalist. I'm a constitutional republic uh, uh, patriot, and, and I believe in the rule of law. But I also believe that when a law is illegal, immoral, and unconstitutional, and the people who pass the law say it is, and I'm going to prove that to your audience tonight, yeah, then we don't. Then we don't have to follow it. Not only do we not have to follow it, we are under an obligation not to follow it. That's what our founding fathers did with the Declaration of Independence, and we are under an obligation before the Lord God. We will obey God rather than man when a law steps all over the Word of God and our ability to say anything about it. See, because the government now, in effect, has created. A government religion. They are now going to tell Christians, Christian business owners, and eventually Christian churches by withholding the uh, tax status, they're going to tell us what we must believe that the Bible says. 
and what we must practice religiously concerning marriage. And that is a violation of the First Amendment of the Constitution. If there was ever an oppor- if there was ever a, a, a biblical right and a and a constitutional right to rebel against the law, this is it. And yeah. and brother, I'm standing firm on it. I agree. Uh, uh, A couple of small things. And, yes, we are at, folks, after break, we're going to get into the illegal SCOTUS ruling. Um, Carl's going to inform us. But anyway, Carl, um, you know, it's really, I think the the father, I mean, you know, this happened, and so I believe that that God will give us a chance to react. If we do not uh, react right, they're going to keep on going, and then they're going to be knocking on the church door saying, you have to perform a marriage, or I believe they'll go even further than, than taking away their 5013C status. I believe that people will get arrested over it. If we don't stand up, we must stand up now. I think this is a critical line in the sand type of thing, that if we allow this to go on, it's going to be dramatically get worse. What do you think? Yeah. No, I, I think you're right, and I think we're soon going to be hearing from the author of marriage if, if God's people don't, uh, don't react to this. If we just sit back status quo and say, oh, well, you know, it's just part of the Sodom and Gomorrah we're living in, uh, we, I, I, America's going to be done. Because, I mean, if God's people don't stand up, if my people who are called by my name don't humble themselves and pray and repent, then, then God's not going to heal this land. In fact, not only is he not going to heal it, as I said, I do believe we're going to be hearing from him pretty soon. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we can see it, whether it's in our economy or or, the, or our rulers, the people that rule over us. You know, we uh, the people allowed uh, this presidency to be there. And not only did they allow it once, they allowed it twice. And yeah. so, you know, we're getting that for not speaking up. And uh, it's a, it's amazing to see the statistics. If uh, I don't have them right here in front of me, but I know it was just dramatic about how many Christians actually just didn't vote in the, in the last couple of presidential elections. And if they voted, it would have changed everything. Yep, there, there, according to the to the uh, polls, the exit polls, and the research done by major research groups, there were millions upon millions of Christians who didn't even register. People who claimed to be born-again, church-going, Bible-believing Christians didn't even register to vote. And then on top of that, the ones that are registered, they discovered from uh, the polling that 50% of those, more than 50% of the ones that were registered, didn't even vote. So think of the millions of votes that Christians threw away that could have bided us some time, could have bought us some bargaining time, could have could have maybe turned some things around, could have. And and but we'll never know because God's people didn't do anything. Well, right. And so my thought pattern though goes to this. So, you know, if the Christian people aren't responding, is that the fault of each one individually or are they not hearing the right thing from their pastors? What do you think? It's both. It's both. And listen, there was another huge, huge uh, 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 survey done, a religious uh, polling institution. Oh, goodness, I've got, I've got all this documented in my new book coming out, Be Thou Prepared. I can't remember the guy's name right now, but he's, he's hugely known uh, and does nothing but religious polling. It, it polled over 3,000 pastors across this nation, and his quote, and I've got it in my book, is that a full 90% or more of the pastors admitted 
in this anonymous polling situation that they never address the issues of abortion and homosexuality and homosexual marriage, etc. Number one, oh, and also they don't they don't address prophecy. Right. He discovered as well. So he and number one reason is because they're afraid they'll lose members, and if they lose members, they'll lose money, and if they lose money, they can't pay for their big buildings. Right. And 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 I'm. Yeah, and I'm telling you, Pastor Dan, it's it's these issues that we're dealing with right now are going to separate the men from the boys in the pulpits. It's going to separate the sheep from the goats and the wheat from the tares, brother. We're in a sifting period right now, and yeah. and it's time for the men of God to stand up and be men. It's time for the women of God mm-hmm. to stand up and be women. It's time for the people of God to stand up and be the people of God. And right. or or just turn it all over, you know, to godlessness and let it collapse and let God's judgment fall. Yeah, Amen. Well, Carl, we only got about thirty seconds for a break. Why don't you tell them where they can find you at, and we'll go to break. Okay, good. Go to carlgallops dot com. C A R L G A L L U P S. carlgallops dot com. You can find out everything about me right there. Yeah, absolutely, folks. And, you know, if you feel like it, if you Google Carl Gallups, you'll find a lot of things, YouTubes and all kinds of things. So, anyway, check him out. Check out his books, and we'll be back in three minutes. Dan will be right back. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. 
running out, jobs leaving the country. Many people cannot afford to eat or keep a roof over their head. Too many can do neither. Messiah's Branch has a mission church in Wichita, Kansas that helps the victims of this banker's economy, the American people, your neighbors. The mission is the last hope for so many Americans. We need your help to lift up the poorest of the poor. These are men, women, and children who once had homes, now in the street. They all need what you need. First aid, beds, food, clothing, and so on. You can send a monetary gift or a box of necessities to 230 West 4th Street, Florence, Kansas, 66851. Or donate online by going to Wichita Homeless. Or simply call for our work with the homeless and poor from our mission church in Wichita, Kansas. Well, of course, the homeless are poor, but we're talking about the poor that are barely keeping their roofs overhead. They're working part-time jobs because of Obamacare. They, You know, I grew up with a 40-hour work week, you know, and anything over that was time and a half. You know, I think there, there's people out there that have never had time and a half in their life. And people are making, uh, not because... Uh, of any reason, and that's all they got. But they're making careers out of McDonald's. I know. I talked to this one girl that I that I knew her her parents real well, and they come to church a lot. And so I know her from she was a child. She started working at McDonald's when she was eight. Well, no, seventeen years old, and she is now thirty one with two children. And she said, and she was bragging, saying it was you know her career. She's already put in all these years, and this is her career. And, you know, while it's great to see this young person working and, and doing it hard, um, you know, think about that. A career at McDonald's flipping hamburgers is better than no job at all. It's better than being illegal. But that, that that's what people call the new normal, you know. It's the new normal to have food stamps. It's the new normal for this many people to be off work. It is the new normal. You know what? That is just propaganda. You know, that is all just propaganda. But anyway, back to the mission church. So we help people that, that walk in the door. And, and you know what? This is this thing is a miracle. My wife and I were talking about it. And we've been, this is our 30th year of marriage. And we've now been doing the mission church for 16 years. That's over half the time that we've been together. We've been doing the Wichita Mission Church. And so, you know, that's been done by you folks, by people that listen. I've been doing radio since 2001, 2004, I think, since I come on AVR. 
But I've been doing radio a long time, and it's mostly you people that hear me on radio that support the Wichita Mission Church. Sure, we have people in Wichita that listen to us on radio, but we don't get a huge response at all from Wichita. In fact, we've tried so many different ways to fundraise in Wichita, Kansas, and we always get a great pat on the back. Oh, those guys down there, Messiah's man, Pastor Dan, yeah, hey, they're doing real good. They, they do good. Go down there. In fact, you can get help down there. But do we get help from Wichita? Hmm. Not much, not much. We started to get a little bit more, and so anyway, pray about it, folks. We do need your help to stay open, and and you know we the Father creates miracles by through some of these people that walk through the door. We've helped thousands upon thousands of people over the years with so many different things. Anyway, folks, we are responsible to care one for another, as we are brothers keepers. All donations, no matter what size, help. And the Father notices all donations that come from where? Your heart. You can donate online or by mailing a check or money order, and you can find all that information at prophecyhour.com. That's prophecyhour.com, or you can simply call me at 620-878-4682, 620-878-4682. And now, we're, if he's still there with us, we're talking with Carl Gallops, and be there with me, Carl. Uh, Carl Gallops is still here. I wouldn't go anywhere for the world, brother. Yeah, Carl Gallops. Did anybody ever talk to you about, you know, Gallops, you know, like horse Gallops? I'm joking. Anyway. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I've dealt with that all my life. and That's okay. I, I'm just gallop, galloping for Jesus. That's all. Amen. Amen. Hey, okay. you, you know what's cool about that? I've done some what? research in our family line, and the word, the name Gallops, uh, comes from the Germanic Gottliebs, Gottliebs, and Gottliebs means lover of God. Really? Yeah, well, God well, is God, crazy. and Leaps is one who loves, one who loves God. And uh, so apparently uh, so some, of our, uh, some of our family lineage coming over at Ellis Island, uh, speaking that heavy Germanic accent, telling them that my, uh, my name is, is Gottliebs, Gottliebs, somebody at Ellis Island said, okay, Gallops, that's good. <laughs> well, that's and, and, one, but that's wonderful. Amen. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm, I just, I, I couldn't believe it when I saw that. I, I had no idea. I was in the ministry for years before I found that out. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. That's pretty amazing. You know, we live in an age now, I'm, and we'll get on with our talk, but, you know, for uh, $100, you know, you can go uh, get your DNA tested and find out what all uh, is in your DNA, you know, how far back it goes, where Europe or wherever, you know, and it'll yeah. go clear back. And that's done by that, uh, um, what is the name of that place? It's, oh, I can't think of it. But the warning, here's the warning to the people, these same people that I'm talking about, and it'll come to me, it's the major one that does the Ancestry.com. You know, they don't keep, they claim to keep that DNA private, but you know, Carl, uh, that DNA base has been used uh, in, in several criminal cases to convict people of various crimes because they okay. open it up. So if you give these people your DNA, it isn't private. Anyway, yeah. back oh, yeah. to what we're talking it's, about. Anyway, well, besides that, I'm terrified to find out who was in my lineage. I'd rather not know. That could be a scary thought. Yeah, that could be a scary thought. And I, I yeah. yeah, okay. Moving I mean, it right could, it along. could, it could ruin my image terribly, brother. I, yeah. I just, you know, if, if that ever got out, you know, that I was related to a bunch of thieves and thugs, and anyway, anyway, I just, I, I'm, I'm a little afraid to check that out, brother. 
Well, that's what Yeshua is for, you know, to wipe all the clean up that bag of rocks. You know, well, listen, my, my bag of rocks is clean. I'm worried about my ancestors. <laughs> yeah, you never can tell exactly. There's something in the wood pile. Okay. Yes. Anyway, um, this here's the headline: Smoking gun on illegal SCOTUS ruling. Take us into yeah. that. Yeah. Here's the bottom line, and I I hope that your listeners are seated. Because what I'm going to tell them, if they don't know this, this is going to knock them over with a feather. They're going to get, they're going to be shocked. Then they're going to be angry. Then they're going to be furious. And uh, again, this is one of the reasons I'm calling for a sanctuary city because I, I want your listeners to hear this. Oh, this is not some crazy preacher from Northwest Florida. And by the way, I am a crazy preacher from Northwest Florida. But this is not just some crazy preacher from Northwest Florida uh, chewing on bitter grapes because I didn't get the ruling I wanted. No. What I'm going to share with you comes directly from the mouth of the Supreme Court itself, and not just the Supreme Court, but from the same five justices who gave us gay marriage in all 50 states. Now, this is what... this is just going to blow your listeners away, and here's the deal. Just a couple of weeks ago, the Supreme Court, 5-4, to four, said all 50 states must comply with gay marriage under federal court ruling under federal law. Okay? Now, right. the problem with that is just two years ago, you know, way back in 2013, you know, way, way, way back way in back. 2013. Yeah, yeah, way back, just two <laughs> years ago, the same Supreme Court, the exact same people on it, the same five judges struck down DOMA, the Defense of Marriage Act. And your listeners can go look this up. Of course, they can go to my website and, again, across the sliding uh, news announcements at the top. You can click on it. You can read the article, and all the links are there. But all you have to do, if you want to research this for yourself, if you doubt what I'm getting ready to tell you, folks, go Google U.S. versus Windsor, W-I-N-D-S-O-R, U.S. versus Windsor. That is the 2013 SCOTUS decision, and SCOTUS, of course, stands for Supreme Court of the United States, S. S-C-O-T-U-S, SCOTUS. That's the 2013 SCOTUS decision knocking down, overturning the Federal Defense of Marriage Act. And here's the shocker. We had a law in 1996 passed by Congress and signed into law by then-President Bill Clinton that said for the purposes of taxation and federal funding and federal benefits – A marriage is only defined by one man and one woman, no matter what a state says. Okay, so and so it was for money. I'm going to go ahead and admit it wasn't. It wasn't that Bill Clinton was all in favor of one man, one woman marriage. It was. It was a financial thing. But it did for those of us conservatives and Christians. We were thrilled with the Defense of Marriage Act because it did that way. There was a federal law that clearly defined that marriage is between one man and one woman. Well, when Barack Obama and Eric Holder came into office, those two scallywags, those guys, they started declaring 
Obama said, I'm not going to enforce this federal law. Well, you know, he's the lawless one anyway, Brother Dan. And look at all the laws he's not enforcing. You know, look at all border laws, immigration laws, sanctuary city laws. They just, they just, they just choose not to enforce federal law, even though they raised their hand and swore they would uphold the laws of our land. So they're committing illegal, illegal acts every day. And right. Obama said, I am not going to follow Defense of Marriage Act. I don't like it. I think it's unconstitutional. Well, I'll, I'll spare your listeners the boring process. They can go look at the history of it. They can get on Wikipedia or wherever and watch it. But the, basically, the, the history was is that that decision wound its way through lower courts. It finally made it to the Supreme Court in 2013. And the same five justices that just gave us gay marriage, they overturned the Federal Defense of Marriage Act, and here's why they overturned it. I'm going to read to you five or six statements. They're just a sentence or two each. But these, this is important. Now, listeners to Pastor Dan, get a seat somewhere and, and get something to put in your teeth because you're, you're going to want to scream. You're going to want to gnash your teeth when you hear this. They overturned the Federal Defense of Marriage Act because they said, quote, and I'm quoting to you, you can go look this up and read it yourself, quote, the regulation of marriage is an area that has long been regarded as a virtually exclusive domain of the states, end quote. Here's another one, quote, each state as a sovereign has a rightful and legitimate concern in the marital status of persons domiciled within its borders, end quote. Here's another one, quote, the definition of marriage is the foundation of the state's broader authority to regulate the subject of domestic relations, end quote. Here's another one, quote, the states at the time of the adoption of the Constitution possessed full power over the subject of marriage and divorce. And then they went on to say, the Constitution delegates no authority to the government of the United States on the subject of marriage, end quote. And then, quote, federal intrusion on state power is a violation of the Constitution because it disrupts the federal balance, end quote. And I could go on and on. There's about 30 statements like that. So they said just two years ago, the same five justices, Brother Dan, said, we can't define what a marriage is at the federal level. That belongs to the state, and the Constitution gives us no authority to define what a marriage is. And if we tried to define what a marriage is, we would be violating the Constitution. It would be an illegal decision, and it disrupts the federal balance. Two years ago they said that, Dan, and now... Two years later, just a couple of weeks ago, they completely reversed themselves. It's the same five justices. See, that's why Anthony Scalia and John Roberts were just livid. They were going crazy. They said, well, apparently words have no meaning anymore. Because now, just two weeks ago, the same five justices said, you know what? We are going to define marriage, and we're going to force it on all 50 states, and the states can't say anything about it. Now, Pastor Dan, I'm telling you, one of those decisions was completely illegal. Now, if, if 
if what they did under DOMA was illegal, that means we should still be under the Defense of Marriage Act. If what they just did under, under uh, SCOTUS gay ruling was illegal, then that means we're still under the Defense of Marriage Act. Either way, by their own words, they just committed an illegal and unconstitutional act. Now, you and I know they committed an unholy, ungodly, and unbiblical act as well. Right. So I'm saying I am under no obligation whatsoever, biblical or legal, to follow that ruling, and I will not. And this is why I'm calling upon cities and counties and states, declare yourself a sanctuary city as far as marriage goes. Just do it. Yeah. It's, it. That's an illegal ruling. The, con, the Supreme Court themselves said it. Now, I want to tell your listeners, because some of your listeners are just overwhelmed by this, and they're saying, where can we find this? How can we prove this? Go to CarlGallops.com. In fact, I'm going to go there now. I'm in front of my computer. I'm going to make sure that I'm telling you the truth. And you'll see slides going across the top. They'll go every few seconds. Uh, third, fourth. Yes, okay. Uh, about the fifth one, fifth slide, it says SCOTUS gay ruling is illegal. Legal experts agree with pastor uh, assessment. And that is true. I've, uh, I was in a World Net Daily headline article about this, and they had legal experts that they cons uh, consulted on my proposal, and the legal experts agreed that I was correct, that that, that that ruling is illegal based upon the Supreme Court's own words. And if your listeners will listen on that, excuse me, click on that picture. It's a picture of two wedding bands, and it says America has been punked on gay marriage. If you'll click on that, you can read the, uh, the World Net Daily article. But then the one right after it, it says, it's, it's, it, again, it's, it's, a, it's a picture of a bunch of gays in front of the Supreme Court, right. and it says undeniable proof proven SCOTUS gay marriage ruling illegal, if you'll click on that picture, it goes directly to my article that lists precisely the, the, the uh, declarations I was just making right. from, from the Supreme Court decision and a video. I've produced a little three-minute video on this topic that is powerful, and it's going all over the world. So that picture is, I mean, that article is there with all the quotes from the DOMA ruling as well as the video, and your listeners can take that. They can send it anywhere they want. They can send the video around. They can embed it on Facebook. They can put it on YouTube. They can send it to congressmen, to councilmen, city council, county commissioners, and, and, and legal experts and judges and lawyers, and they will all see the evidence for themselves. This is, this is not what a preacher has said. This is what the Supreme Court has said, the same five justices just two years ago, Brother Dan. Wow. Um, yeah, I saw that article when it came out. In fact, I, 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 you were busy the last couple of weeks. I tried to get you in here sooner to talk about this. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. Well, no, then that meant you was talking someplace else. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.